Let's start. Welcome to the Solarian Clan Podcast. This is a podcast created by the Solarian Clan for the Solarian Clan. Uh, joining me today, I have a few members, including Soren, who is, what's your title? Should we call you the Clan Overlord, Owner, Admin? One of the founders. <laughs> One of the founders of Clan Solarian. And uh, he's going to be giving us some information about the clan, both this week, in the future, and maybe in the past. You want to go over some stuff uh, from the founding of this clan, perhaps? Uh, yeah, I figure when we get to a little more freeform, uh, I can talk a little bit about uh, how we got to this point and where we're going from there. All right. So why don't you go ahead and uh, you know give us the information that you want to give us? Absolutely. Um, I really just want to give everyone an update uh, about our recent spring recruiting drive, how that went, um, what sort of traffic we've got, how we built up the community give everyone an overview of where the community's at, how all of our clans are doing, um, talk a little bit about the tournament, and then probably go on to some of what's in the works for the rest of Season of the Drifter, and then again in Season of Opulence, what, uh, what we'll be doing there. Um, so first big thing, of course, is we just concluded our spring membership drive. That ran from the 3rd of March uh, through this past reset. Uh, we sort of concluded it right around the 28th. Uh, during that time period, we picked up 133 new users, uh, 66 on PC, 39 on PS4, and 28 on Xbox. Uh, That's over quite the, a... Uh, yeah, it, it's an amazing drive for 25 days. <laughs> Especially for PC as well. Aren't we pretty PS4 heavy normally? We started out PS4 heavy, but right now uh, we have about 50 more PC members than we do PS4 members. Wow. Cool. Right. Yep, go ahead. Um, and at the beginning of the year, we did not have a PC clan. So, uh, okay, so that's pretty huge. PS4. Exactly, yeah. Uh, during the membership drive, we had just shy of 3,000 unique visitors to our website. Um, and most of that traffic came from uh, our sponsorship deal with, uh, with wherethefuckisur.com. Uh, Almost 50% exactly came from there. Uh, about 30% typed in our address manually. About 10% came from Google searches, and about 5% came from Reddit. And the rest came from other places like Facebook and Twitter and our, our social media campaign. So, uh, it, you know, it, it's a lot of people looking, um, and it's a pretty good conversion. I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's perfect or it's where I want to be. Uh, you know, that everyone who comes to our website is necessarily going to join our clan. But uh, we also grow our community. We probably have about 100, and, just shy of 150 people in our Discord community that are not in our clans. And, you know, that's absolutely fine. That, it's more people to play with. It's more people to become potential clan members in the future. Um, and it gives us a bigger pool to draw from for our tournaments and challenges. I mean, technically, I was one of those users up until about two days ago there you so. go see it works <laughs> so our breakdown now is uh as far as actual clan members as of this moment we have 384 total members 176 on pc 125 on ps4 
and 83 on Xbox. And those are divided among two North American PC clans, one non-American PC clan. We call it the, the EU clan because that's where almost all of the members are, but we do have one or two from Australia, Africa, Middle East uh, that are also in that group. We have two PS4 clans, uh, and we have one Xbox clan with another Xbox clan ready to go when that one hits full, since they're already at you know, 83 members. Uh, they're not probably too far off. Our next membership drive will uh, start at the beginning of Season of Opulence, uh, and just like this one, it'll run for about three weeks. Um, anybody else have anything they want to ask about recruiting or anything else they want to add to that? Can we do recruiting? <clears throat> I think it's going to be the big question. Can members invite yeah, anybody like, they um, want to the clan? Absolutely. Yeah, like if I have some friends that are wanting to join and stuff like that, could I just be like, hey, go pop in and type in solarian.net? We encourage it. Okay, cool. The best way we can get new members is by word of mouth, I think. Uh, because it says something when you know someone you know or someone you play with regularly uh, recommends a clan to you far more than just looking at a, a slick website or uh, an oh, ad yeah. on where the fuck is there or something. So, or seeing a random post on Reddit or um, what is exactly. it? Team Up Tuesday. Team Up Tuesday when they start putting clans and stuff. There's yep. like fifty thousand clans that post a you know join us post. Exactly. So yeah, it seems to work much better when when people invite their friends and you know that that's the way we grew for the first three years we were a clan so was just through word of mouth as it is yep exactly like drives anything okay nope in fact for the first few years we didn't even have a website so um let's talk a little bit about the tournament then which uh, seems to be one of those big things that really draws people into the clan our current season of the drifter tournament is champions rose uh, Champions Rose is our first cross-platform tournament. Uh, just like last season's tournament, uh, Outlaws Rising, it's a PGA or NASCAR-style points tournament where participants uh, play rumble matches with other players on their platforms every week uh, and get points based on the maximum number of kills they can get in a single match. Uh, we've had a lot of luck with, uh, with participation in this one, we have currently uh, 40 participants across all three platforms. And our biggest platform is PS4 there. We've got 18 people participating on PS4, 15 on PC, and 7 on Xbox. Uh, on the last weekly reset, um, the top of the leaderboard was Zeus with 250, po 250 points. Um, however, the PlayStation group as a platform have the most overall points uh just shy of 2000 pc was second with 1100 and xbox which really just got underway in the last two weeks in the tournament um was uh bringing up the rear with 70 but that's pretty impressive for uh just starting off and can we get the current placements for myself alphonse dupe and uh pines real fast uh, if you happen to have that information. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have some of it. Um, so actually, as I look are at any the of us in the boards, none of, no, but none of you except Alphonse <laughs> are on the leaderboard. Yeah. 
Duh. The uh, only one with points is Alphonse, and he's in. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, fifth place. Is it uh, top ten, top twenty? What's the how does the leaderboard work? So uh, the top ten players every week get points. Um, okay, and we are on a catch-up mechanism at this point. So if you're behind, if you're not in first place, and you get points. In addition to a flat number of points for your finished position, you also get a percentage of the difference between how many points the current points leader has and how many points you have. So even if you just start playing this week, you're not out of it Like entirely. myself? Yeah, you, you, you okay. can absolutely make up the ground between you and the leader uh, in the time that's remaining. And so how that's many... How many... Sorry, go. go ahead. No, no, you, you're first. <laughs> I was going to say, that's assuming that you don't get your butt kicked in the crucible every day yes. in these private <laughs> matches. You, ha- you, you can't just start playing and be like, okay, I'm going to catch up and take zero or last place in every single private match, and I'm going to take first. Right. If yeah, you, you get stomped, you're well. still going to get stomped. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so and of the 40 members that are playing, mm-hmm. if you... if, if um, if I'm ranked 11th for the week, like if I get the 11th most amount of kills, mm-hmm. I get no points for that week. That's right. Okay, cool. So I have to be top 10 of these 40 in order to like actually make progress. Right. Well, of the ones wow. that play. Because generally we find that every person in the tournament doesn't play every week. Right. So, yeah. So there's a couple of weeks where, like, say, for instance, Zeus might not play next week. Exactly. So the guy who's in first place, that's just free points for everyone else. Basically, yes. and is it the catch-up mechanic the first place a percentage of the first place of that week or first place total so So let's say i take first place from the previous week how many points they had right minus how many points you had going into the week you get a percentage of those okay so if i were to finish point the more you get Okay. okay Works for me. So, like, for instance, if if um, let's say Dupe goes in, he's let's say Dupe's number one right now, okay, mm-hmm. and Dupe has a hundred points, and then I go in and I'm unranked, but I finish second behind Dupe for that mm-hmm. week. Do I then get like the whatever second place's points are? Eighty plus, points. Yep. So I get eighty points plus the difference between eighty and a hundred, or not the full difference. You get a percentage of the difference, like so. For right now, in, in the model, in the standard scoring model, which we're at right now, for okay. second place, pardon, you get 90 points plus 22.5% of the difference between okay. you and the okay. leader. So you would then get, the difference would be 10 points, so you would get an additional 2.2 2 points. points, so you would get right. 92 for placing second, essentially. Right. Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, that's fair. And, and that all of that's sense. outlined on the the clan website and in the tournaments channels as well. Okay, cool. And then every and I know... week, the most amount of points you can get is a hundred. No, um, if you came in first and you uh, you had no you know no uh, points from the previous week, you could get a hundred points plus twenty five percent. Wow. The... Okay, cool. So okay, yeah. But if the catch if the catch up mechanic isn't in effect, which it isn't like right now. No, the, it, this is the first week it's in effect. So. Oh, it's so the first week it's in effect? Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay, this cool. Is, there's actually a bigger catch-up mechanic that will come into play the last three weeks. Where, okay, cool. uh, yeah, that, it's that's for the percentages. For first, 
and 35% of the difference. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. per percentages get huge on the last catch-up mechanic. Yeah. I, I assume the, um, yeah. the amount of points that you can make in the final three weeks isn't enough for someone who has, like, not played to come in, take three, place, three, first, three first places, and then instantly win the tournament. It wasn't last season, I know that. Okay, but also cool. we find that per, uh, generally performance and participation by that point has pretty much settled down, and we had a pretty good idea of who was going to finish in what place for the last okay. two weeks. So, so. But yeah, so but like if, if I, for instance, like let's say I'm not the greatest, but mm -hmm. like I play every single week and I finish like sixth, fifth, sixth, you know, mm -hmm. like middle of the pack kind of thing, and then I'm not uh, all of a sudden just going to be dropped out of the top ten because someone who hasn't played decides to play for the, for the last three weeks. No, I'm pretty sure unless the way they're that... coming in first every single week. But, you know, again, okay. I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think? Okay, cool. That's fine. I'm just... I'm know, pretty sure the, uh, the... I'm sorry. Pretty sure the way that the actual uh, catch-up mechanic is going to end up working is it's going to be people are going to be fighting for positions that they're kind of close to already. Okay. Like, this guy who's in seventh might be pushing up on the guy who's in fifth, and the guy in fifth is going to have to you know, really work his butt off to keep his place. To keep his place, okay. And, yep. You know, top three are going to really be duking it out, trying to hold or take first place kind of thing, gotcha. but it's not going to be a, you know, complete unknown out of nowhere, just takes the whole tournament in two weeks kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, so again, because the most points, even with the catch-up mechanic, you could get is 35% of the difference between you and the leader, in addition to that 100, 150 points, whatever it is. So by the time, you know, weeks and, and 10, 11, and 12 you... roll around, the people at the top of the leaderboard will have so many points accrued that catching up from nothing is going to be almost impossible. Yeah. And then also people mustn't, uh, like, miss... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they, mustn't under they mustn't, like, misunderstand or, like... Um, there's, a, there's a better word. I'm sorry. English isn't my first. But... Um, is they mustn't they mustn't think that the way that the point system works is that for thirty five percent you know three weeks you know that's over hundred percent that means that you can make it back no it, it's thirty five percent of the difference so that means that if you keep placing first for those three weeks that thirty five percent is actually going to be worth less and less every time you win first place exactly yep okay yep. well wouldn't so, it even actually not contribute anything because if you take first place and then the second time you take first place you'd get one fifty. So 150 minus 150 No, is zero. because that second week, you still wouldn't be first place on the, on the overall leaderboard. That's why Oh, it's off so the like, overall. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I like, thought it was off the past, like last week's. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's the overall leaderboard. That's why uh, when I publish the results each week, I always put on that summary page who the points leader is and how many points they have going into the week. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Oh, I well, like, I, I like that system. That's a good system. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, it's the mathematician in me that designed <laughs> it. So I do something yeah, no. similar for uh, Fortnite ratings. So <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, the other, of course, the other big thing that everyone wants to know about the tournament is the loadout restrictions. So yes, yeah, do you want to give us a sneak peek on next week's? Do you think well, you can? I, I absolutely can. I've actually spoken about it publicly already. Um, well, that's so not the fun. Last yeah, I know. But I can talk a little more than just next week. So the, the entire tournament is already planned out. And last season, I just published the whole schedule right up front. Um, 
I think this way works a little better where there's some mystery where you don't know what next week is until, you know, until it starts basically. Yeah. until reset. And then if you start on reset, you have three days to Friday to learn what the loadout is, practice with that loadout and then get into your game. Exactly. It's not like you can just be like, okay, cool. I'm going to skip week seven, nine and 12 and then work my ass off on these three weeks because those are my like weakest weeks, you know? And, and that was why I opted to do it this way. So what we did the last two weeks is we've had curated loadouts, restrictions on what players can use. Um, generally, I try and alternate restricting weeks, but uh, we had a couple things I wanted to try out, and, and you know, this has been our most lockdown week ever. Um, oh, yes. To balance that out, next week will be an anything-goes week. So players will be allowed to use any weapons, heavy as permitted, any class, subclass, you name it, everything is goes. There, is there kind of like a gentleman's rule kind of thing in, in these tournaments? Or is it no. literally you can be as scummy as you want? Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Generally, we're not... For the most part, it's humorous because in the past, the people who participate in the tournament most were generally the people who play PvP the least. So... I mean, hey, you know, necessary. Like, because, I mean, you, you know that if you go to a tournament, you're not going to be playing against some person on the other side of the world who is like thinking they're hardcore super duper pvp rocking the most meta loadout you know right. like you, you kind of have that like that safety net that you're playing with people who are like-minded so you know that no one's going to really try and be an asshole you know absolutely and we've been really lucky with that um you know you get people who are either really good and kind of have favorite loadouts that they sometimes dominate with or you get people that are mediocre but really like their loadout, and that's what they go with. So, like yeah. for example, on one hand, last tournament in uh, Outlaws Rising, we had Elite, who uh, Elite uh, for a couple weeks rocked uh, one-eyed mask, one yeah, trust and chaperone. Oh, that's really well with it. Dirty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I see you, Elite. Okay, I see you. There's no stopping it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's filthy. Um, but it, you know, it, there were a couple matches that he did really well on, but I wouldn't say there were any that weren't fun and that other people didn't have a chance at. Uh, yeah, no. And he he intentionally varied his loadout for a while there so that he wasn't doing that every week. Um, and then you get players like Osmium. Osmium <laughs> doesn't understand that this game has guns. It has shoulder charge for him, and that's it. <laughs> and you will see him booking across the map at you to shoulder charge you. <laughs> and some and weeks that works you. really well for him. But the yeah. first match I know. did with <laughs> the first match I did with Osmium, uh, he started shoulder charging me, and after about ten kills, my debts, I should say, <clears throat> I noticed that he just loves shoulder charging. And um yeah, it took me ten deaths to figure this out. I'm not a PvP player. And that's when I just busted out my shotgun and just hey. started shooting him. And I thought I thought, and I'm pretty sure he is, he's like an admin, isn't he, in the clan? He actually holds the leadership no. position. Well no? he, he's just a member. He, he's an unofficial member of our leadership team. So Okay. Well I thought he was like one of the big dogs, and so every time I'd shock him in shotgun him in the face for like the first nine times I did it I apologize I'm like sorry Oz and then after a while I'm like okay he's not learning and at this point I'm just enjoying shoving my 
you know, balagant <laughs> in his face. Yes. I just stopped apologizing. That's it, it yes, took me no, 45 minutes to learn. He's just shoving yeah. me. Well, get I, him. Take his Lilo. What are you doing? It was like oh, the second God. time I'd, I I had been in the clan for all of two days at that point. You know, I didn't want to piss anybody off. And here's his. Is, hey, is it your you know, fault? I thought he was a little. How to, how to counter him? No, it's not your fault. He needs yeah. to stop being predictable. Very, very his loadout, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, the really well, good ones were because we were playing on what's the, uh, what was the name of that one? Two weeks ago, what was the map we were on? The one with the two circles on the sides? Oh, it was the one during the uh, the beta. Endless Veil. Endless Veil. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was using uh, Graviton, so I would always stay off to like the far side so I could you know use my long range on people because you know everyone was using shotguns. And I would see him coming from the tunnel, like the back, far back tunnel. I'd start shooting him with my Graviton and kill him from 50 meters away while he's still rushing me trying to shoulder charge like <laughs> dude i i could hit you with a sniper at this distance really you're gonna rush me <laughs> yep. i love it he's always done that i mean it's just his thing yeah he doesn't in pve too so hey man hey okay the man is a natural born linebacker all he yeah. wants to do <laughs> is just bully people. as far as he as far as he knows thrall and guardians they look the same Yep. <laughs> uh, Wait, he shoulder charges Thrall too? Oh, you name it. I mean, I, I've played with him, especially when it's Arc Week. I mean, it, we, we all we all kind of joke whenever the modifiers come up that it's Arc and Melee. It's like, oh, it's Osmium Day. <laughs> so, but now that said, especially last tournament, there were some curated loadout weeks where he just dominated with shoulder charge to the point where you saw like people like. I don't know, track on and me using that loadout too, putting on the sculpt and throwing on a shoulder charge and, and using it in addition to our guns uh, because it works. I mean, it is one of the few one hit kills still out there. So, well, that and some curated loadout weeks like the uh, scout sniper week or this week where it's bows and sword, shoulder charge is just going to dominate because there's. Well, You've got a loadout of long now. Well, um, the short <laughs> charge. Right, this week. Yeah. But last week with Scout and Sniper, I mean, you're never going to be able to counter somebody close up to you with a Scout or a Sniper unless you're pulling some ungodly quick scopes. Body shot melee, my guy. Yeah. Or the Sniper? You can trade if you body shot melee. I mean, if, you, if you're like really lucky and you get a no scope and you're like, you kill them. I mean, feel free to bag because obviously I played them. But <laughs> I mean, if, if you have a Titan running at you, the way because of uh, Destiny's latency, you can trade most things as long as you're quick enough with a melee. Yeah, but if you're trading, you're still giving him a shoulder charge kill. So oh, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, technically he died, away. but he he still gets the satisfaction of ramming his shoulder into your face. Yes, but um, the way that uh, Skullfault works is that it takes. A second or two to register you, that you have gotten a kill. So yep. you trade, his shoulder charge goes away, and he doesn't have a shoulder charge you when he build comes up. You still have your sniper in your melee. Yep. Actually, in the match I played, uh, King One James ran shoulder charge, and I, you know, he got me probably two or three times right off the bat. But after that, I could counter him just because the map was open enough that uh, you know you there was never any place I would stand. Yeah, exactly. So you just get him with the with the sniper or get him with, you know, I was running a full auto, uh, full auto scout, so. Gotcha. 
I mean, at well, that we point, should probably get back on uh, get back on topic. So, Soren, you yep. want to continue with your loadout? We kind of went down yeah, the rabbit so hole here. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to divulge what the maps are going to be for the next two weeks, but I will say next week is anything goes. And the week after that is just heavy prohibited. Um, and, and the reason we have some of these loadouts, like heavy prohibited, for example, um, is after every tournament, we ask everyone who participated to do a short survey about what they liked, what worked, what didn't work. And we found when we always allowed heavy, uh, that do- whoever could get heavy would just dominate the match. So one of the big requests from the membership was try and make sure most weeks you can't use heavy. So that's why heavy be prohibited is a big loadout. It should be noted that all of our matches are free-for-all. They're rumble matches, so there is no like team dynamics. It's once one person manages to pick up heavy, they base, like unless you can counter them somehow, that person is just going to wipe everybody else in the match. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say there's no teams all the time. <laughs> yeah, generally, <laughs> I mean, the person who's like, in the lead... I, I can only speak on. for the one game that we played today, but we had... I, I guess like the three of us picked up. I don't think I don't think friendly picked up heavy at all. But the the other three, the like the three of us, the rest of us, we picked up heavy, and I think we would get like one kill and then immediately die with it, and someone else would get the heavy. Like yeah, it was, but this it week was very rare. This week is swords only for heavy, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. But all three so of us okay. were running um, black talent, black which you could yeah. just like pew, across the map, you know. But it's kind of different if it. You know they're carrying Thunderlord, right? Or no, I mean I get like I get that, but I'm just I'm just saying like like I said I can only speak for today's tournament because it's the only one I've, part- I've participated in. But um, like it, as long as there's more than four people in a in a lobby, you can kind of gang up on the heavy dude, and then kind of slug it out from there. But exactly. The less people gang up and fight over the scraps. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, this actually had that happen a few get, times today. Yeah, if you get a lot of people to, to get in, if we get a six-man run in the tournament, it actually makes the, the play a lot better. So there's a lot of different things that, that won't work as, as well as you think it would if um if it was a six-man run in yeah, during exactly. the tournament. Because like in a six-man, you have to deal with five people, whereas in a four-man, you only have to deal with three. You know? like, do, like it's, it's a lot easier to 1v3 people than it is to 1v5. I don't know. I still think Thunderlord would. Oh yeah, be like, don't, like don't, don't think everything I'm saying here is like oh heavy shit. No one can get killed. Heavy. No heavy <laughs> right, wins. Right. Like heavy wins games. End of. Like if you if you pick up heavy and you're not a complete idiot with it, you will most likely win that game. That's just that's just the fact of destiny, unfortunately. But I'm just saying, like I'm trying to be an optimist here. Yeah. It's just that <laughs> oh, I can only can, imagine. If you can <laughs> gang up on the heavy dude then you'll be good. Because, I mean, like, you got to understand that you only need to melee the dude twice. So, like, if one, if he's, like, focused on me and he's shooting me with heavy and then, like, Soren and Dupa behind him and you both melee him once, free heavy. And then get into a punching match for the heavy And then break. get into a punching... Exactly! <laughs> you know? Like, exactly. Yep. And then just slug it out from there. Hey, we might, we might want to continue this conversation when we actually get to the main yeah, topic. The okay, We're yeah. kind of... Yeah, my bad. You know, you're good. Hey, um, it's fine. I, I do want to continue this topic, but we should go over the rest of the plan info. The the last few things, um, you know, I, I just want to touch on. Um, we do have currently in the announcements channel a post up um, asking anyone that wants to 
uh, run a raid, learn a learn a raid. Pardon, not just run one, but learn it. That they've not run or they want to get better at. Uh, react to react to that post with the raid that you want to learn, um, and we're going to be putting runs together to uh, teach those raids to people who don't know them. Um, additionally, on the flip side of that, if you are a Sherpa, not just in our community but in the Destiny community at, as a whole, uh, we'd like to hear about that as well. Uh, and of course, we'd like to have your help in, in teaching uh, some of our clan members who don't know the raids uh, these new uh, raid activities. Um, and the person to reach out to for that is either myself, Soren, uh, or Crazy Jersey Boy, who kind of put this all together for us. So um, that's the, the Sherpa program we're going to be rolling out. Um, now, is it a requirement that wannabe Sherpas or Sherpas that would like to join our community as Sherpas, do they need to have a Destiny of the Game subreddit uh, Sherpa card? Or no. I should say a Destiny Sherpa Sherpa card? Yeah, not at all. Um, because obviously having that card out there means you're going to want to teach the rest of the community as well, which absolutely I encourage, but is not at all required. So Okay. So it is a bonus, though, if they do want to join, send it to us. It just makes it that much easier for us to uh, you know, verify that they are Sherpa or that they and know what they're And on the doing. upside, I'll also promote a link to that on our clan website. So if you have okay. a Sherpa card out there. Um, and those are the really the, the big announcements I want to cover for now. So, All right. So uh, I think that's everything, all of the clan information stuff. So let's just get back to shooting the shit about whatever it was. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the heavy discussion we were having then, or the. Oh, yeah. um... <laughs> let's talk about just fun stuff that happens in these tournaments in general. I do have a uh, few stories and flashbacks, even from last tournament, that were quite interesting. Go ahead, hit us with them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most notably today, it was actually me and uh, Linear together. We both decided to pop our supers in the tower. So obviously with this week running Way of the Current, you can only do the spin. And obviously with War to Dawn, you can only have your bubble. We're both kind of stuck there like, ah, what to do? <laughs> uh, needless so to, to say that too. <laughs> yeah, so to clarify, this week's uh, curated loadout was for Hunters, you had to run Way of the Current, which is the reflective super where you can hold you know, the ADS button. To reflect and def you had to run defender with bubble and those were the only ways you could use the super you couldn't do any offensive attacks yes and warlock and you guys... were locked to ward of dawn or uh well of radiance pardon <laughs> which by the way i still think technically while it's not an offensive super if you pop that you are like what two tapping with the high impact scout on headshots yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not. Except you have to use a bow. So. <laughs> oh yeah, good. Well, no, because you could still one shot because they do one fifty one to the dome. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue with your story. <laughs> so me and him are both in the tower of. Uh, we were fighting over heavy at the time. Funnily enough, because uh, it was there when we both wanted it. Because we both had black talon. Uh, but we both popped our supers at literally the exact same time. So we're in this kind of standoff of okay. Neither of us can really do anything. And more or less our standoff ended with saying, okay, I'm going to go this way. You go that way around the map and we'll just meet up later. Uh, <laughs> just a total stop to the whole momentum of the game. Did anyone steal heavy out from under you guys while you were running away? Uh, 
I believe so. I can't remember who it was, but someone, because uh, I headed towards heaven. I knew there was a couple hanging around it, but I didn't go too far away. A uh, lot of heavy trading. It was definitely interesting to see. Uh, definitely need more Mostly black talent. Yes, it was predominantly black talent. Uh, I don't think I ever got hit with something that wasn't. Which I was actually surprised. thinking about. Because I, I actually thought about how I, I have yet to participate in this week's loadout. Um, any matches. But I was actually thinking I would run Le Monarch for this. What do you guys think? Well, I think the Lamarck is pretty good, but because of the restrictions to exotic armors, keeping Oath Keepers away and things like that, it might be tough uh, to get that proper timing needed uh, for the Poison proc. That would be like the only concern I have running uh, the Lamarck. Or, or if, you See, have, if you have the Val, run the Val. That's almost like the knockoff of the Monarch. Yeah. The Val was heavily used today just, as well. I know I used it. Pine used it. I believe uh, at least Friendly used it as well. It was a very big uh, weapon today. Yeah, but see, the way that I've always played PvP is I've always used Knucklehead Radar. I've Actually, I don't even mm. think I have a pair of Oath Keepers. Like, they're in collections, but I don't have an actual pair. Uh, I know that it does keep the perk procced while you're drawn, but I've always just used a knucklehead and, you know, quick shot it in PvP. So. Hmm. That's probably a good setup as well. Uh, for me, I was definitely feeling the pain uh, for me because I love to run my worm husk. Uh, so that way, you know, situation gets oh. bad, someone gets that first yeah. hit on you that breaks your shield, you know, just do that little dodge, uh, get some health back. And I was definitely feeling not having that uh, piece of gear to this week. Yeah, I've I always I've never used Wormhus basically out of like what's the word principle. <laughs> well, I I can personally attest the Wormhus crown can save your bacon both PVE and PVP quite regularly. By the way, Pine's back. Hey, hey sorry. Yeah, hi. Yeah, and uh, we were just well, we're at the freeform bit now, so we're talking about stuff. I asked you. What it was like getting Wizened Rebuke the day after it came out, but you weren't there. Okay, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I basically deflated. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> I had a, a mini emergency I had to deal with. No um, problem. Okay, so, first things first, um, it was painful. Not something I would recommend that you do. Like, you, if you're going to go for Wizened Rebuke, you have to have the mindset of knowing that you are going to lose the majority of the games you're going to play. You are going to die way more than you should. Things are going to kill you that shouldn't kill you. You will die in ridiculous, stupid ways, and it's going to piss you off. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you need to get 500 kills and get a shitty Wazen Rebuke. You know? So. And is, is it even good? Because is it <laughs> the one that... The one you can pull from collections has backup it's plans, better. right? Yeah. So the one you can pull from collections is actually statistically better than the one that you can get from uh, doing this achievement or triumph or whatever you call it. But the thing is, is that next time Iron Banner comes around, it's going to be in the loot pool, but it's only going to be in the loot pool if you've already done this triumph. So if you don't do it, you can't get like a better version. So like, let's say, because um, I know that the, the, the Wise and Rebuke from the collections doesn't have really good charge time and it doesn't have... Um, like great mid tree perks, it just has backup plan, and that's kind of what made the gun. 
is that it was this like really hard hitting fusion rifle that you could fire instantly. Right. You know? Yeah, it's a high it's a high right. impact plan C essentially. Is exactly. What it is. Yeah, exactly. So what you can do now though is like so like for instance my Aaron teal that I have, I've got backup plan on that with max range and max impact. So it's basically like a perfect fusion rifle because it fires at the fastest rate that it can fire, has the most range that it can have, and it hits as hard as it can possibly hit. Whereas Sorry, doesn't range doesn't the only thing with range with fusion rifles it affects aim assist but it doesn't affect damage fall off because no, fusion rifles don't have fallen off exactly no the, so the, they the, only the only thing range affects is it affects bolt travel speed yes and spread oh no stability and spread yeah so stability is spread yeah so what you do is you put a counterbalance mod on your fusion rifles and what that does is is it uh, makes it so instead of your fusion rifle kind of going in like a wave pattern it makes it up and down like it, it right. completely, it completely removes the vertical, the like the horizontal uh, sway to the bolts. So your stability, it doesn't matter what your stability is, as long as you learn to pull back on the trigger at the correct speed of the uh, your fusion rifle like, kicking up. Mm -hmm. You mean push forward on the stick? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, because well, in invert uh, master okay, race, so, yeah, invert okay, master so, race. Sorry, my bad. Yes, my bad. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, as long as you, uh, however you use your as long as it's, you know, it's, it works for you, um, <laughs> depending on which way you use your stick, as long as you learn to do it at the correct pace for that fusion rifle, it doesn't really matter where your stability's at. The higher the stability, the lower the skill ceiling to use the weapon. That's, right, that's but, it. But my comment was on range, that max range really isn't all that big of a deal because... Okay, so the way that, the way that it works is that your fusion rifles don't travel at a, a fixed rate. So when right. they come out of your when they come out of your gun, they're at the fastest that it can possibly be. And the further that they go, the slower they become. So with the more range that you have, the faster that your your uh, bolts will travel for a further extended period. So like let's say uh, with no range, your fusion rifle can shoot ten meters in front of you at like pretty much instantaneous speed. All right, but as soon as you start getting further away from ten meters. I can see you shooting your bolts, and I'll have time to move out the way of said bolts. But the more oh, range so you have, you push that 10 meters further, and that allows you to shoot faster for a longer distance, which means that I won't be missing as much, because okay. I'll have more aim assist, and my bolts are traveling at near instantaneous speed. So range doesn't affect damage fall-off, but it does affect, effectively, how far you can potentially land hits. Yes. Because they have less time to dodge. Okay, that yes. makes sense. I, I would say, like, as, as far as... If you if you were trying to find, like, the perfect fusion rifle, um, at the very top of the list would be the, um, the perk, I think it's called Ionized Battery or something, that increases your damage. Like, that is, that is an absolute must. Because that reduces, most of the time, the bolt requirement to kill. So on high impact bolts, you only need it's... to hit four of the seven. But if right. you have the ionized perk, whatever it's called, it's three of the seven. So that means uh... that you can completely whiff the other five shots, uh, sorry, the other four shots and hit the last three and still get the kill. Or... Wait, so we actually, we actually have fusion rifles that can kill with three bolts? Yeah, uh, Aaron, oh, yeah. as long as it's maxed out. Say with the with the wise and rebuke, the one that you can get from doing this, that can kill in right. three bolts. 
Yeah, so Holy it does. Crap. It does. It does. Uh, eighty something to the body. So what you wasn't the most so, powerful fusions in Destiny One could kill in four bolts. Like that, those yeah, were the yeah. archetypes in PvP. You had the four bolt, the five bolt, and the six bolt fusion rifles. Yep. Yes, that's correct. Um, but the only baby. reason, so the only <laughs> yep. reason that you can kill with three bolts, and this is for pre predominantly for everyone under eight armor. So the reason that everyone says it's three bolts is because how many people do you know that run more than eight armor? Hmm. Me, Alphonse. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> except except Alphonse. All right. Except him. How many people can you you can you can count the amount of people that you know on on one hand? You know. Yeah. So I I can't even give you my armor stats. Honestly, I think I run four, four, five. I don't pay attention. So, yeah, but it, I can I can promise you it's probably less than seven. If it's not seven, it's less than seven. Yeah. It's so, like four or five, yeah. Yeah, so that you will die to three bolts. If you have eight, nine, or ten, you will have like the you you won't have a health bar. You will just somehow be living. Mm -hmm. um, so what these these are doing like sixty seven, sixty eight damage per bolt? Something along those lines, yes. Holy crap. And <laughs> if you have backup plan on your fusion rifle, you can fire that at the rate of fire of the fastest arc types. Which do forty something per bolt. So you are hitting for twenty extra damage at the same speed that you can, um, you know, shoot the fastest rate of fires with more consistent right. shots, further range, and more damage. You can also one hit supers, not spectral blades though, because spectral blades has a funky hitbox. If you hit all seven bolts, it'll die. But the odds of you actually hitting all seven bolts is kind of funky. But I mean, for the most part, as long as you aren't, if you don't miss a bolt. You can shut down fusion, uh, supers in one hit. Crazy. All right, so since we're on the topic of fusion rifles, I want to get everyone's opinion on a specific fusion rifle. Jotun. <laughs> I love that. Oh, uh, I'm, get my I'm, rebuke. <laughs> I'm very vocal about how I feel about the Jotun. Well, let's fucking hear it then. <laughs> so the Jotun, I believe it is a good weapon, right? I believe it's a good weapon, does great damage. It's a good weapon, but it's one of those few weapons that uh, I feel tend to get used by everyone because it is so available doing just Black Armory Forges that it starts to get a bad rap. And the bad rap that I have up for it right now is that it's used by bad players that are relying on its tracking. And it's obvious. Um, it's basically, it's the fusion grenades from Destiny 1 all yes. over again, isn't it? Yes. Essentially. That is, uh, that is a fantastic... What metaphor? What's the word of like comparison? Uh, yeah, comparison. Yeah, that is that is fucking brilliant. And the worst it, part is, is you can frail, it's a get out of frail. Wow, it's a get well, out of free card. You know, you can just be like, Eck, I'm done. You know, look, he's dead. Free kill. And what's worse is you can tell players that are bad with it because, for example, regardless of any crucible map you play, you're going to have some type of lane. And what will happen is you'll see these players sit at the end of the lane, and they will just sit there and keep lobbing Jolton, lobbing Jolton. Uh, yeah. And that's all they will do. I've literally have had whole rounds where I don't, I've had some people that I don't think I've died to to any other weapon than Jolton from hitting me in a lane, but yeah, I've killed them plenty of times when I've gotten close to them uh, because they rely entirely of, oh, this weapon one hits and it can track, I'm going to just only use this weapon. Uh, and I think that's what's kind of sitting this weapon in a bad place right now is that it's a great weapon used improperly and it's becoming more of a crutch. 
rather than like, let's say you take any other fusion rifle, you practice with it, you know how to lead a target, you get extremely good with it. Your payoff of overall skill gain is, I feel, is much higher. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Than just relying on oh, it can track the same way for rocket launchers. It, let's say you get a bad omens with cluster and tracking, right? I have one myself. I love it. But same issue. You rely on the cluster in case you miss your shot, or you rely on the tracking so you can just peek it real quick, fire it, and just think in your mind, oh, I've got this. So what do you think would be a good way to fix this? Like maybe add, uh, maybe, what's a good way to say this? <clears throat> we can't use frames because of the PC. Is. Well, no, I, I think it would be okay to keep the tracking. I think if there was like a lock-on period where you had to aim, like yes. ADS at somebody for like 0.2 of a second for it to actually lock on, that I think it yeah. might so, then become a much better weapon. So my, my friends and I, we were, we were talking about this because this is something that we struggle with a lot because we all play PvP. We, none of us have a, have a, a Jotun, Jotun, however you want to say it. Okay, so like we don't actually, we've never used the gun. So we don't know how, uh, like how forgiving it is, but we know that we die to people that when they are out of their special ammo, they cannot compete in right. the fucking slightest. Like they will switch from their Jotun to like their pulse rifle or something. And we will be sitting there with hand cannons at like pulse rifle range and we'll be outgunning them because they can't hit their shots. They don't know how to aim. They put themselves in bad positions because that's another thing that the Jotun does for you is that because it's so easy to use is that you can put yourself, you can make the wrong play. You can put yourself out of cover in the middle of nowhere and still walk away from it alive yep. because the gun does everything for you. It reinforces bad behavior to get success. It's the same thing with Wormhusk is that it encouraged ah, you to oh. push bad angles to get the opponent weak so that you could then shake step back into cover, they will push you thinking that you're weak, and hey-ho, you've just won an engagement by making a mistake. Mm -hmm. I think Alphonse has a counterpoint here about the Wormhouse. <laughs> I want to hear this. He was just uh, <laughs> raving about it. <laughs> well, you were gone. I was raving about it. Um, Go for it. But... Well, keep in mind, I'm mostly a PvE player, right? I do participate in a fair amount of PvP. Uh, you see my performance time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely, I definitely don't compare to you. I know if we went toe to toe solo with my favorite loadout, one v one's no mean nothing. One, one v ones mean absolutely nothing. At the end of the day, the person that won the one v one played like a bitch more than the other person. Honestly, one v ones is who who can play like a bigger bitch. That's 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 honestly what a one v one is. There is there is no skill in one v ones in whatsoever. All right, well, oh, okay. go ahead and continue, Alphonse. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I get I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Can I jump in here for a sec? No, yeah. fuck you. Uh, of course, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I my perspective is this, right? Like, I think the uh, the difference between sort of the worm husk and the Jotun is that like the worm husk opens up a new avenue of of sort of like mind games, whereas the Jotun like rewarding shitty positioning is just rewarding shitty positioning, right? Like, well, I mean, I, I think there is a difference between those two things. I mean, like having the ability to heal yourself at just a button push is. In my opinion, like I don't, I don't agree with it. I mean, my favorite exotic is the aggressive alpha loopy for the Titan, purely because I can throw up a wall and instantly gain back fifty percent of my health. Yeah, like that's I. I mean, I don't care who you are. That's broken as fuck. You yeah, made me no. weak. I put up a wall and instantly I get fifty percent of my health back. Yeah, like that's that... it. That's enough to tank two bullets and win an engagement that you outright beat me in. 
I, Same I, thing with worm husk. You know, I, I do like, you agree can, with you on that. On that. Before respect. we continue this, Effulgent, I want to interrupt you for a second. Oh, I yeah. do just remember. I did just remember that we didn't actually introduce everybody else. So right now we've been talking, and I'm on, I'm sure nobody knows who the fuck you guys are. So oh, <clears throat> the one with the accent, who's just been raving for the last half hour, that's <laughs> Linear Pine. Hello. Alphonse uh, is the one who was going off about the Wormhouse Crown. Duke has the really sexy deep voice, and Effulgent mm-hmm. is the person who just kicked in. So uh, hopefully that's good enough that you know listeners can associate voices with people. Well, I mean, what then you, you do is go ahead like, and take this part out and just put it before everything else. Yep. So that <laughs> I don't think you understand how audio editing works. Oh, is that not you can't do that? Is that not a thing? I, I could, I could, <laughs> but it sure as shit wouldn't make any sense. Oh, you can't, you can't like just like say like right now, do a quick intro saying these are the people, and then like clip that, put that in the beginning, and then let everything else run. Yeah, but now you're asking me to do more work by Sorry, recording by myself and everything else. It's okay. I'll stop. Okay. We're doing it live. It's perfectly fine. Anyways, Effulgent, go ahead and continue. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think we can debate, you know, whether, um, you know, free heals and stuff like that are good to be in the game or not. I think, um, I think it's a different, I, I see it as a different question than like whether guns that reward bad positioning are, are sort of good. I think the mind games that come around, like, okay, I'm going to play on a corner and, uh, and I can duck out of sight. Um, and you don't know that I've got another five health unless you watched the things like a hawk. And I'm like the only, uh, it, unless you like looked at all the items before you joined the game and I'm the only hunter on the, the team or whatever that, that is. Um, but you know, whereas Jotun is, is so singular in that, like you can have the poorest positioning or like be making poor decisions and, um, and just get rewarded, um, for, for that. I think that's like a, a very uh, phenomena. Gotcha. No, I, I completely understand where you're going from because I mean, like, you, you're talking, you're talking about mind games and and the every everything that you spoke about there. That's that's high tier um, strategies that you would have had to learn. Like, I mean, I'm assuming the majority of the people that are going to be listening to this aren't going to be, you know, Destiny sweats. They're going to yeah. be people that are that are uh, community members that are that are just trying to like help other people and things like that. You know. So I mean, yeah, that there there is a uh, there is a form of skill to that to the um, the the worm husk. I, I completely agree with that. And I mean, I have played against skillful players that use the worm husk in non shitty ways. But at the end of the day, if a hunter is shade stepping, you gain no tracking during that. There's no emphasis during the animation of the shade step. Right. And whilst that animation is going on, you get a brief moment of immunity frames, very brief. But it's enough for if you do manage to track them a little bit and you shoot in the middle of that, they won't take damage from that bullet. At the end of that dodge phase, they gain instant health. You know, it's not a regen. It's not a uh, health over time or anything like that. It's just, boom, here's some health. Have fun, you know? So right. I can be in the middle of a gunfight. You can right. dodge in that middle of that gunfight and then continue shooting at me. Yeah, but I think get health. I think the scenario you described is a little bit unequal, right? Like, so so you're saying, okay, like we're we're not talking about high skill tier, and so like the expectation that somebody's going to be in a dodge roll and immediately tracking accurately coming out of that 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 dodge roll. I mean, like 
yeah, there's some probability that they do that by luck or whatever. But I think consistently, it the this sort of thing is not going to be there. And it's an exotic exotic item, right? So like by yeah. design, it's going to give an edge. That's what they're supposed that's to what do. The, yeah, that's what they're designed for. I completely but, agree. And then also, if you choose that, you have to give up the option of using something else. Right. And so... And I want to interject here. I think another issue that we're having here is there is actually a difference in skill. Linear is, I would, I believe, Linear is, in fact, in that really high skill tier where he can be expected to keep tracking somebody during their dodge. And so for him, he sees the difference in Wormhusk that the rest of us who aren't at that level can't see. Yeah. Well, I, so this is a, a phenomenon, right? Like, th there is a psychological phenomenon that, like, people who uh, have the uh, least skill uh, don't know it, and people that have the most skill see the greatest gradation and so rate themselves lower on like skill tiers and stuff like that. Um, there is a word for this, and I cannot the, for the life of me remember. It's the Dunning-Kruger effect is the name yes. of it. That's what it was, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's this? Well, I've never heard of this. What's a, what's a Dunning-Kruger? It's, it's, so it's basically uh, the less skilled you are at something, the poorer judge you are of, of skill, but the more likely you are to think, be overconfident and think that you are actually good at it. Um, yeah, there's... It, and the oh, underlying... So that's why I get egoed by point fours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so the, the underlying phenomenon there is, is that, like, you know, the, the more skilled players understand better the gradations. So, like, say... Um, or you could think about it with like really smart people, right? Like the people okay. that are in the ninety five per ninety fifth percentile, yeah, Ooh, are yeah. like, yeah, are like they're comparing. Well, Soren, Soren's a robot. Soren doesn't count. Right, you're not wrong. Yeah, Soren. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a functioning AI. Right, but they're comparing upwards, right? So they're comparing to um, you know the the point oh one percent as opposed to two standard deviations. So they're like yeah. upwards of three, um, whereas like. Uh, you know, people that don't like recognize the difference and, and the nuance in like, oh, that was a sick move that guy just pulled off. They're like, I don't know, he like rolled around a corner, like whatever, that was lucky. Um, right? Like they don't understand the the sort of like thinking that went into that or the intentionality and stuff like that. Right, okay. Um But in any case, um so yeah, I mean like higher skill players are gonna see these things, right? And they're gonna be able to say, like, okay, well that guy did that once and then I've killed him seven times in like when he's like standing in still in the middle of nowhere, right? Like he's a shit player and just being assisted by this thing and, and like, you know, that's clear. I think whereas like Jotun, you could have somebody sit here and still and still win a fight because they just like have this aim tracking and stuff like that. I think if you dodge with they a have worm a little husk, aimbot, yeah. yeah, I think if you if you dodge with a worm husk crown and you're in the middle of nowhere, you're still gonna die in like the next shot. If you're not a great player, right? Like, yeah, I'll no, I, I get. I, I, now that you've explained that, I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. it's yeah, like I, I, a lot of it does come from me from when I played during the. Um, season one through three where we had smgs so the time to kill was very low uh, no high wait it took a long ass time to kill someone high so <laughs> um so you know you could be in the middle of a fight and like that fight has already been going on for like maybe one and a half two seconds you know and then all of a sudden you get all this health back and it's like oh my fuck you kidding me i've got to do all that work again and i'm weak yeah so but that was like, also that was pre-nerf yeah, Wormhusk now is a very balanced exotic. Now I have no issues with Wormhusk now. 
Like, um, so I mean, I still have I still have issues looking at Wormhusk in a new light because I have the um the pre the post. You have yeah. the PTSD. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I wouldn't call it. I mean, I'm not like traumatized by it, but like, and so you know, that... whenever I see someone with a worm mask, I'm like instantly small penis. You know, like it's just it's it's just it's not how it not works. Well, from and... our current time. And Sorry, so what did you say, dude? I missed that. No, I didn't say anything. Sorry. It's like, oh, now I know how you really feel from our short time and comp together. Well, I mean, like, at the end of the day, if it's on my team, I don't care. You know, because, like, it's on my team. But if I'm playing against it, that's just more work for me. Yeah, if it's on my team, it's in the game. Just let's abuse it if it's on there. Exactly. God, it's so aggressive. If you are okay using it, like, you have no moral obligations against it, then fuck it, use it. Yeah, but yeah. you know, like I, I don't Cough, know what recluse. it is, but I'm Cough. like hardwired to not use that shit. Yeah, I, like I want, I want to use broken ass shit, but I feel so cheap doing it. Like I feel like I, I'm just unfair <laughs> if I do it. You Were know? you? Did you use Thorn in D1? No, I did not like, use Thorn. Back... I used Lost Word. Oh wait, was this well, during? Wait, okay, so I, during I the playing... Thorn and. <laughs> Was this during playing... the Thorn and Last Word days, or was this after no, no. Taken King when Thorn was wasn't awful. as bad? And it... okay, so it was in the Last Word sniper days. No, I started playing. Um, you know when Sparrow Racing came around for the very first time? Oh, so like way late. Way okay. late. I started playing Destiny way late. Um, I I got to use Last Word uh, before they introduced Bloom to the hand cannon, so I Ooh. got to use it when it was like good, not like. Two tapping kids cross map, but like if you hit your shots, you'd put them down. Yeah, you know. So I I got to use well, last word during that. Um, but Thorn, Thorn wasn't great during that time. Thorn was kind of shitty. Thorn, Thorn was the two tapping across map. Oh yeah, would it be two tap burn though? If you had last word, you could do one twelves or something to the head. I've never experienced uh, either of these. You know, like I've never, yeah. I ne- I didn't get to experience the glory days of of Destiny One Crucible. Um, when uh, you House know, of Wolves, uh, the House Fucking of Wolves, exactly. House of Wolves. I, yeah. I never, I never got to experience that. I, I only experienced uh, Doctrine of Passing and onwards. So, so let me caveat that previous experience. Speaking of uh, uh, tenure, uh, yeah, I'm I'm fairly new to Destiny, so I played some at the end of last season in the in the competitive scene. Uh, but okay. this is like really my first season in it, and I'm only around somewhere around like two K. So. Um, but you're but, also a PC player, so you're excused for not having experienced D1. Yeah. So, uh, but but let that serve as a caveat to like the debate against uh, Linear Pine, right? Who obviously has like much more experience, but also I only have experience with the post nerf uh, Wormhus Crown, right? Like I didn't yeah. I didn't really play with it when it was like OP. Um, well, I Worms have experience. It's fine. Yeah, and I have experience with the pre pre nerf. Um, uh, they nerfed it with pre Forsaken, wasn't it? It was yeah, the yeah. season was before like, Forsaken. Yeah, right before oh. So I never even got to use it when it was broken because I literally have never played any class other than a warlock until literally the week before Forsaken came out. Literally, literally, literally the week before. Literally. <laughs> oh, well, there you go then. So I mean, then Alphonse, I have no issues with you using Worm because you were using it after it's. You know, abuse has subsided. Like you can, like so. Again, I have no issues with that exotic right now. It's just back when I was playing. Still, I, 
hated going against that because it rewarded poor positioning. Like well, I it was, it was the one-eyed mask of the day, is what it oh, was. Oh yeah, completely agree. Right, completely yeah, fucking yeah. agree. Can I can I just also like say how much I hate the fact that like I cannot get one-eyed mask to drop from my Titan. Like, that's perfectly fine that's okay i i it's, mean like you're a better person for it i don't have that i don't have the anteus wards like oh, you're like, not missing much everyone learned how to counter yeah. anteus wards very quickly like yeah. you know people well, put it on recently, the first yeah. week people gonna kind of got dicked by it but then everyone was like it's a sentinel don't shoot at it problem yeah. solved you know Fair. yeah uh, they did it's great for PvE though, because you know ads are dumb, so they will shoot at you. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> we've had linear and infulgent talking for a while. Alphonse, Dupe, do you guys have anything to bring up? Because I heard Alphonse, I believe I heard Alphonse saying something right there. Oh, I got tons to say about everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bring it up. I can talk and forever. Then we'll do Dupe afterwards. Well, uh, I'll cut you off at some point, just like I did with uh, linear here. Oh, definitely. Uh, so as far as Antares words, I, I do believe they got buffed recently. Uh, they made the shielding around it a little bit larger uh, yep. and last longer. I uh, still have yet to see it, though I don't know how it would be easy to, to see it because I, I haven't put myself in the position of, oh, I'm a Nova Bomb this guy and then get killed by a Titan's Nova Bomb. You know what I mean? I'm not sure how it appears in the kill feed. That, yeah, that's exactly how it appears. It just you know how it would come up if you got the kill? It's just instead of you getting the kill, you died. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I, I would I mean... just like to say like one thing about Antares Wards. Um, I didn't realize you were talking about when I made the comment of uh, it's a Sentinel. I thought we were talking about the... Um... Ursa Furiosa? Oh, that's the one. Yeah, Ursa Furiosa. So like, I just wanted to... Yeah, um, Antares mm. Wards are the most broken exotic in the game, and I'll gladly explain that if anyone <laughs> would like to know why. But It's... it's... It's Radagast's uh, fucking. It's memory of Radagast. That's yeah, all it is. That, yeah. it, it doesn't need a, a sword, but it's just memory of Radagast, and that wasn't all that powerful in PvP. Okay, so okay, so the way that the way that Antares wards work is that anything in the game that's projectile can be can be deflected. There's only three things in the game that isn't a projectile. Anyone know what those are? Melees. Melees. Of all varieties, are we just grouping all melees into one, whether it's super or uh, regular? Okay, so yeah, so it's it's melee swords, and then any unique thing. So like, if you if you uh, get a like ability, like grenades or anything like that, right? Yeah. Right. Those those are those are the three things in the game that are not counters projectiles. That means that if you time your slide perfectly, you you can deflect everything in the game, yeah, every single if, attack. If if. Do you, know who, if, do you know who I'm underscore Mudkip is? Uh, yes. I believe I saw his I saw his video where it was just a montage, wasn't it? Of, of just him yeah, sliding of and just him sliding blocking everything. He's, but, he's learned and, how to use that. Now, he's learned, yeah, but the yeah. entire reason why his montage is so popular is because nobody can fucking do that. It was like the No Land Beyond videos from year one. Yeah, but you know? how, at the end, there were the, some people like year three, how many people <clears> knew how to use No Land? Not nearly as many as thought they did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll accept that. A lot, but there's a, a lot of there's fucking a people. There's a ton of people that knew how to use No Land at the end of it. Like, after it became. There were. I, I will admit, there were a bunch it. of people that started using it thinking, oh, this gun is fucking awesome and this gun is great. And, you know, I'm going to make my own montage. And they, they were inspired by the montage. 
Yeah. But maybe like one out of every 12 people actually knew how to use it. And everyone else just went into it because it was, you know, quote unquote, the gun to use. That's all it was. Okay. It's, it has the potential to be broken, but Antia's wards, while it, I, I agree with you, it, it can utterly fucking dominate. The skill gap is so fucking huge on that exotic piece that it's. Yeah. Do you know? I, do you know what I don't think I'm ever going to see it for you. If you yeah, like them. I said, it's it, it's like a memory of Radagast. It instantly reflects. Yes. When you also get a percentage of the super. You get you get flat ten percent bonus right. to your super. Yeah, so, but and, once and again, the skill gap there is anything is so utterly massive. Shotguns, supers, anything. So mud cool. Gear, so. So yeah, I'm top tier. So comp right now, not so fuck top tier. Comp right now <laughs> is dominated by five super mod hunters running around with spectral blades. Mudkip uses yeah. one super mod and Antius wards and gets his super faster than five super mod hunters slaying out. But he I will also admit, I, okay. I will point out that he can't reflect those spectral blades. No, he can't. But yeah, so that exotic literally does nothing. That Okay, sure. But that exotic doesn't do anything to counter the meta itself. Yeah, but Anyways, we should, go, we should go back so to, to get, if, he, so. if, he ran five, if he ran five super mods, along with his Antius wards, he would get his super twice as fast as any other hunter in the game. The reason he doesn't write to run five super mods is because he wants... Is, he's a, one, he's a sentinel main, so he loves his uh, suppression needs. And two, he doesn't feel that he needs them. He's able to compete with hunters that have five super mods with only using one so he runs uh two two nade mods a uh recovery mod and a the defense one whatever the resilience mod. holy shit how how much fucking research have you done on this guy he's my um, best friend i play with him yeah i was gonna so, say yeah so I, I, I play with him yeah like he, he's he's <laughs> part of my he's part of my tournament team we play comp all weekend every weekend like i know firsthand what the man can do so, so right. I think that well, I think the key well, the key point there, right? Like the key point is that he can meet or exceed the rate of of uh, super acquisition, super. and then um, you know with just the one super mod, and so he has the entire rest of his kit to work around, um, sort of dealing with the meta problem of spectral blades hunters with five super mods, right? Exactly. Like, um, so hunters hunters have to have to invest five super mods into their uh, into their class in order to be able to compete he has to invest one which means there's four slots open that he can do whatever the fuck he wants with and so, and, and so he, as he, you he mentioned he gets his nades back faster he has more resilience he has higher recovery than any of the other titans that play because everyone else that plays including myself we run five super mods because we haven't learned how to use anti-s wars and the primary reason is because it has such a high skill ceiling to use that one, I can't be bothered to learn because there's <laughs> there's easier things to use, and two, not many people have Antares wards. It is such a rare exotic to get that the people that do have it either don't understand how valuable it is, or can't be bothered to learn to use it. Yeah, and it's it's particularly the skill floor that's problematic too, right? Oh, yeah. Like at at high level play, like you need to the the seal floor or the skill floor is like very high you need to in order for it to be a viable sort of option you need yeah you need to be mudkip in order to use it in high tier comp right and okay and the, well i and the i I'm think i'm gonna that, interrupt you here and just say okay i think we've gone over on ts wards enough 
<laughs> I want to bring this back to Alphonse. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna mute myself because, for a bit. Yeah, like, yeah, because this is basic. This has gone from the Solarian Clan podcast to Linear is gonna rant about just about fucking everything podcast. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, <laughs> Alphonse, you were saying something about Intius Wards before Linear went off on a rant. That's my bad. Oh, it's just uh, I got buffed. I'm still looking for them myself just to give them a test run. Uh, I'm definitely going <laughs> to talk about the tournament because, whoa, I tell you what, these last two weeks have kicked my ass uh, more than I've ever expected it to. Uh, so in what way? Say that is. Would you say it's new people that didn't play previously? Uh, I wouldn't even say it's so the much the roster. Uh, I'd have to say it probably falls a lot with the loadout. Uh, the roster, you know, we've had some new faces, which is always good to see. Uh, mm -hmm. No, everyone gets clapped equally. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I was about to say, I'm, I'm one of those new people that just joined the roster, and I wasn't even anywhere close to giving you any trouble. <laughs> and honestly, that's because I built my character, like how some do, around the metas. Uh, for example, when I first picked up the servers, right? I always heard about it. I'm like, this seems really gimmicky. I don't see the use for it, right? But then I gave it a shot once the Chaperone came out because right around when Chaperone came out with its quest line, everyone realized, wow, shotguns are great. Unfortunately. Didn't Chaperone come out? <clears throat> it was either at the same time or earlier, wasn't it? Yeah, it was near the beginning. So. Yeah, Chaperone came out a long time ago. I know that I got Chaperone way before I ever got Cerberus. Cerberus came out well, with uh, Forsaken. Forsaken, yep. I'm talking about for the quest on that Amanda had. Uh, was that really that long ago? Yeah, it I, came out with launch. I think, I think. No, I think Chaperone came out with Warmind. Warmind, okay. Yeah, it was Warmind or Curse, one or the other. But it was early, much earlier. Uh, then maybe I maybe I just took forever to get that quest step and go through it then. Uh, <laughs> but regardless, right? Shotguns were non-existent for a long time. And then all of a sudden, it just seemed like everyone just realized, like, hey, use a shotgun. It's so much easier. Um, and because of that, you know, it, it definitely dampened my PvP experience, you know, because it was just, I turned the corner, shotgun, nonstop. Or in some cases with the tournament, especially when uh, with Osnium, uh, especially with the shoulder charge, it's like, okay, what can I do to beat this? So I ended up playing around with the Cerberus. I'm like, well, let me see what this thing can do. And I have been floored by its performance in the close game. Um, for those that don't know, the Cerberus plus one shoots four bullets at once with a very terrible spread, but it counts as an auto rifle. Uh, another little fun tip about the Cerberus is if you aim down sights, wherever your reticle is, you are guaranteed to hit that spot. Uh, a lot of people think that it shoots all four randomly, continuously. No, there is one guaranteed spot. So then you just have a very weak auto rifle at a distance. And I've actually done some testing with this. <clears throat> and where the center of your reticle is, you do have the one shot like a normal auto rifle. The other three shots actually spin. If I remember correctly, it's like counter. No, it's in a clockwise circle. Um, and it seems to be at maybe... 25 meters it will be on the actual circle of the reticle is where the other three shots are so if you're inside of 25 yeah. meters you'll land all four shots yes i have done i actually did that test right now because i am actually on right now uh you are right about the spin direction that is 100 percent accurate <clears throat> so if you can you know get a general idea of where maybe your top shot is going 
you know, going towards the, uh, if it's going clockwise, you can put the center reticle on chest, and that top shot is going to be a precision hit. Oh, most definitely. Um, and just have, it does hit with the normal impact of four bullets at once. So at a very near range, the time to kill with the Cerberus is very surprisingly short uh, as far as auto rifles go. I mean, I haven't seen you know, time to kill that short since using about the same range using a fully uh, RPM'd out Kristoff from D1. Like, oh, you mean just... Kvostov? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the... we'll always mess it up. Yeah, so the, <laughs> high, the high rate of fire, which was Doctrine of Passing, Soul Seeker's Claw, and Kvostov. And in PvP, it was... RPM. Yeah, and it was the Doctrine of Passing and, Kvost... and uh, Soul Seeker's Claw that really dominated the Crucible. I loved my Doctrine. It was like my go-to I, gun. I loved I my Soul Seeker's because I had... Now, I, I had uh, Soul Stealers with maxed out range, and I love shutting down people with flawless or adept Doctrine of Passing because I could outrange you. My range <laughs> was like 90 on my Soul Stealers. It was great. Anyways, go ahead and continue, Alphonse. Uh, so I took this weapon into the... Into the... One second. Um, Alphonse was using the auto rifle when we were playing comp yesterday, and he was very reliably shutting down shotgun rushes. So, like, if this viewer is listening, that, like, if you're having issues with the current meta and how uh, shotgun rushes and stuff like that, like, Alphonse was doing work with, with the, the auto rifle. Like, it, it will shut down a shotgun rusher. Like, I yeah, Cerberus Cerber yeah. and the last word are the shotgun counters. Oh, most definitely. And even for, uh, I know Osmium has felt it a little bit, and I think <laughs> Soren felt it in the past, too. Uh, if you have a lot of shoulder rush titans, which I do see them every now and then in PvP, uh, mm. they may not rock the skull for it, but they will still, if they get the chance to melee you, they will use the melee on you. Um, hey, even then, hell, they eat I, people up. I felt it. The first match that we did together, uh, I was running Balagant and Graviton, and I was talking about this when I was talking about you know, shoving my shotgun in uh, Osmium's face. And when I would try to a slide shotgun you around a corner, you would just melt me with that Cerberus. <laughs> it was just ludicrous. Yes, it, it, I like I. I love auto rifles naturally. Like I, I definitely have all the weapon types and subtypes and stuff. I only use auto rifles exclusively for the most part, with few exceptions. Uh, I will give other you know weapons their due for sure. Uh, for example, a big one I'm using right now is my curated no feelings. I. I literally hate scout rifles. I hate single shots and stuff like that, but curated with a full auto and the Zen movement, which is my personal favorite perk. If you go rock any type of auto rifle, get Zen movement. Yeah. Uh, just, for the, just for the fact that once you start chipping on that damage, uh, I know I had it with my hazard of the cast for a while that I was using. Once you start chipping that damage, it, you can put your reticle on their face and you will just hit precision after precision and it is absolutely amazing so you're setting me off with this whole zen movement thing because it's zen <laughs> moment yeah is it's it? moment yeah it's moment tomato <laughs> potato it's not the thing it, no no it's not <laughs> are you gonna start saying sleeper stimulant now i don't even have that gun people so. do all that do that all i, I know and it pisses me the fuck off <laughs> Not as much as data lettuce does for some people. Data lattice? Data lettuce. Well, 
No, it's, it's yeah. Data. Well, that one at that one at least I can understand. It's a joke. Like you can call it data salad. That's great. You know, just take it to the next level. Well, but, that's what I do when I buy it from Spider. Go get some data lattice, lettuce, some data salad. Yep. I have I have one do thing I can say about this though that like no one can dispute. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna crack open another one after I finish this mission. I've already had two, <laughs> and I'm on my second uh, screwdriver here. Nice. Oh God, dupe left. I was just about to ask dupe if he had anything to say. Uh, but yeah, Cerberus, amazing shotgun counter. I first time I got it, I immediately pulled it on all my characters. I was like, every character needs to have this gun, uh, without a doubt. I uh, use it. I either combine it, you know, with a ringing nail, which has a, which if you get a good roll on it can be pretty stellar. I know I brought the ringing nail into the tournament as my secondary quite a few times as well. Uh, usually just for those like encounters, you know, just sometimes they're way too far out to even attempt to Cerberus, so you gotta pick at them with something. Yeah, that's the uh, big so downside to the Cerberus is the range. The fact that yeah, it sprints so much. But I think that's what makes this weapon so fair. Uh, if it, if you were able to hit all four shots compacted, like let's say if it functions like how the Trinity Ghoul does, where you know all the bullets stay together towards the, until like the very end of their range, it would yeah. be, I think, ridiculously powerful. So much so that it would deserve a nerf uh, in its range. Well, then again, it since in, each bullet hits as a standard auto rifle bullet does you know in terms of damage doesn't that basically mean that even out at really long range you're probably getting one or two hits for every shot so you can just treat it as a normal auto rifle aim for the head it's not the greatest archetype for that but because of that counterclockwise or clockwise rotation you're still going to get one maybe two additional hits from the you know spinning damage so it's still even at range going to do more damage than a normal rifle or auto rifle of that archetype that's pretty decent fall-off, though, uh, when, once you start getting out there. I've had, maybe it's just me personally, but I've had a lot of bad luck at ranges with it. Unfortunately, I, um, that's why I usually it, rock a good secondary for long encounters. It does have pretty bad range and pretty bad stability, yeah. But, you, it, I mean, you can still treat it as a standard auto-rifle out to those ranges within its limitations as an auto-rifle. And just ignore the perk and know that you're still going to do at least you know, pretty decent damage. Oh, definitely. I mean, if anything, it's good. Like, let's say you have someone peeking and let's say you have someone picking up heavier. You're trying to pick up at it. If you want to just throw a few shots their way, just make them nervous, maybe drop back inside cover real quick. It's definitely good for uh, suppression. Linear, you have any comments about this? <laughs> um, no, everything you said is yeah, spot on. Like, I have nothing to like add to that. As, you know, nothing really at all. Um, <laughs> Again, at the end I, I, of the day, like the the uh, Cerberus is a, is an issue. It's designed to be used at close quarters. It's not like really designed to be used like a ringing nail or a Uriel's gift or anything like that. You know, those are all um, designed to be used at medium long to medium short ranges. Like it's it's a it's a medium range weapon. It's, um, it's a mid range gun, yeah. Yeah, it's a mid range gun. Whereas the Cerberus is kind of like a like a a um, mid short range. Yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a mid short. It's kind of like an SMG. If you think of um, how like the ranges at which you'd use Antio, 
it, it can compete in like those areas. Um, it's it's a fantastic gun for shutting down shotguns like that. They brought that gun in in anticipation for this meta. Like that's one of the right. That's one of the things that they've done very very well. Um, I'm talking about Bungie here. Yeah. Um, is that the introduction of SMGs with extra range? Um, the introduction to the uh, Sarum buff, as well as this exotic itself. These are all things that counter shotguns very, very well. And I mean, that is an issue that people, especially in quick player that are having, um, is that there's just so many shotguns everywhere. You know, like there's six people on the enemy team and you're just one person by yourself. And sometimes when you see three or four people, all of them have their shotguns out running at you. And there's not really much you can do unless you're like a god with a sniper and you can just like whip out a shot, um, you know, a sniper shot. It's not really going to do anything. But with this gun, it kind of gives you the ability that if you can react in time to kind of get out of that situation. Uh, same with SMGs and, and sidearms. Sidearms especially, like the um, Anonymous Autumn is... That, that sidearm is slept on. Like, the next time you go into quick play, just pull one out of the vault or something like you haven't touched in months. Just give it a go. Like, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, I have a friend who swears by sidearms he uh yeah. his whole thing has always been that back in d1 it was a special weapon in d2 it's still essentially a special weapon and this was back before uh the new changes after forsaken to the weapon yeah. slots and he basically said that um sidearms you know they're still essentially special weapons that at the time used primary weapon ammo and they're just like he, he considers them utterly broken no, yeah, in I can, PvP. I can They're just stupidly way. good. Yeah, they are stupidly good, especially the anonymous, the anonymous autumn. Like that, I, I don't, I don't use sidearms a lot again because of you know the stigma from D one. So I, I kind of tend to stay away from sidearms. But um, when I was playing with uh, Alphonse yesterday, I didn't have a shotgun in the energy slot, and I had to use a scout rifle because we were playing on a, run, on a long range map. So I used the sidearm. I was using scout rifle sidearm. And I was shutting down kids that were trying to ape me from like 15, 20 meters out. Wow. And I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good standard range to be aped from. Like you can close that gap relatively quickly, especially since you got the nine meter uh, range in which you can one hit kill. So like you only have to cover 11 meters, you know? So, does, Balogun, does Balogun still have that nine meter one shot ability? I thought um, they nerfed the shotguns a bit. So, so the, the one that you buy from the um, collections, yes, that can 9-hit. The new okay. one from Black Armory, no. Okay, because that's it the one I've always one. used was the collections one. It was yeah, the, that collection, one the collection and... one is still, I'm not going to say it's broken because it's not. It doesn't have very good perks on it, but it's strong. It's a strong shotgun. Okay. Um, the one from Black Armory, that's the one they nerfed. And all they did was is they increased the spread of that shotgun. So when you aim down sides and you shoot, most of the time you aren't hitting eight pellets. You're going to be hitting about four or five. And that's why the shotgun feels like it doesn't, like, can't, like, just feels like it doesn't do anything. Just because you're not, you're not hitting eight shots. You've got three, you've got three pellets worth of ghost bullets in there. It's a 50 50 right. of whether those pellets are going to hit. Um, well, same I've got thing a question. Oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go. I was going to say, I have a question for both you and Alphonse, which is, you know, back in year one, actually, you guys might not be able to answer this because you might not have been playing. Well, Linear, you were. Back in year one, Uriel's Gift was the gun. 
and this was back in the heyday of auto rifles. Do you think there are any auto rifles, and we've discussed Cerberus, do you think there are any other auto rifles that are competitive in PvP at as the moment? Of, I've seen, right now? I've seen, yeah, as of right now, I've seen Suros Regime a couple times, and I actually got killed at distances I didn't think were possible with Suros. But do you think it's competitive? Do you think there's anything else? You guys brought up Hazard of the Cast a couple times. Uh, so Hazard of, the, Hazard of the Cast I really enjoyed. Uh, the only downside is I found myself, let's say it was a... You know, same encounter with another auto rifle. Uh, with the stability of the Zen moment, 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 yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> moment uh, that it has. Uh, even though I was getting, even though it took those few shots to get there, because some auto rifles have just a higher rate of fire, while the hazard of cast once it gets spun up with its perks can be great. Uh, you're just Sometimes you just end up getting out DPS because you're getting more bullets on you first uh, than you can for that perk to kick in and start picking off consistent precision hits. Now, Hazard uh, of the Cast, because you're saying spinning up perks, what perks specifically are you talking about? Uh, for me specifically, I believe mine had Zen Moment and Rampage uh, okay. were the ones I had on mine. By the way, we can hear you playing the shit out of whatever you're playing right now. Somebody's clacking buttons like hell. I'm not definitely not clacking. Oh, somebody's clacking. Who's <laughs> clacking? I'm, I'm drinking. Is it linear? No, what? No, no. For a change, it's not me. Soren, are you playing Destiny? <laughs> Must be me. Yeah. Yeah, it's Soren. <laughs> right. We can hear you clacking away. He's, uh, <laughs> he's back there like he, he's, um, he's figuring out how to make a warp drive right now. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, right now, I guess I would have to say, like, besides Cerberus, right now, my current favorite auto rifle definitely is the ringing nail that I have uh, currently. I think, actually think I have on my Warlock. I can actually tell you what I have on it in a moment. Yeah, and I, I want to do a comparison with you on has, or, um, ringing nail because I only have one. I haven't been able to do a whole lot of forges lately, unfortunately. And I didn't really like ringing nail. Do you guys think it's actually a good PvP gun? Because I, I wasn't all that big on it. Let me go ahead and see what the perks are on it, and I'll let you know. So it's because mine actually have very similar perks to what I was talking about. It has a Zen moment and a kill clip on it uh, currently for the one I'm using. And for me, uh, at least for me, uh, obviously because some people have different skill gaps with different weapons, for example, you know, I may be able to pick off great auto rifle shots, but you throw a hand cannon on me, I'm back on the Trail of Tears trying to get Thorn uh, with just difficulties, just because some people are better with certain weapons than others. Uh, I mean, I feel like for most auto rifles, if you get that Zen moment, probably more often than not, you're going to find yourself performing well because uh, sometimes that stability increase is pretty heavy. Uh, more than you would think. I know since Hazard of the Cast shot slow, it literally felt like my reticle was not moving at all. Yeah, and that's why I like the really high-impact auto rifles, because they effectively felt like, you know, auto or full-auto mid-range scout rifles. And I know you hate scout rifles. I'm a scout rifle kind of guy. Um, I've, actually, I've actually kind of changed my opinion on scouts. I've had a couple that I've had some fun with uh, recently. Uh, just got to find the right one that's for me. I mean, 
me, I'm pretty lame in general. If I'm going to rock a pulse or scout rifle, I like to have full auto trigger system. That's just something for me because that's one less thing to think about than lining up shots. So rather, I'd just rather hold it down and, and just focus all on aiming where those shots got to go. Just bear in mind that if you do use full auto scouts, especially the rapid fire ones, um, full auto in like just the perk itself. Um, Increases gives, your rate of fire, yeah. yeah. Well, not anymore, no. Um, well, they, no, it still that. did. It's, it's now, it, it, it's now instead of doing 100% rate of fire, it does 10%. So that was only. They only nerf that for uh, shotguns. And that's oh, because. It, uh, it was only shotguns. Yeah, and that's because the lightweight shotguns with. Or the uh, high rate of fire shotguns. Rapid fire, excuse me. Rapid fire shotguns with full auto were stupidly fast. Uh, yeah, you might that, as well just say the one that everyone used. You might as well just say they nerfed the Icolos. Yeah, they nerfed the Icolos. That was the... Uh, but that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is that if you use it on guns that are uh, require precision, so like hand cannon snipers and scouts, um, if you can get a full auto perk on any of those guns, which you can on scouts, you will get ghost bullets if you use full auto on that gun. No. I've noticed that's that's not something I had to deal with personally, and it may just be because I'm using the wrong side of right, which is a high impact, very low rate of fire scout okay. rifle. Yeah, that's why. Because I used the uh, vice something. Uh, it was um, it's a it's a high rate Black of fire. Scorpion. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, that's it. The, the scorpion. That's it. That's a good gun. Yeah. Um, I had issues with that because it gave me ghost bullets every time. Um, okay, now so that's the vice gun ghost specifically that do that. That's because they have full auto intrinsic. They don't actually have, you don't have to roll full auto on a vice gun. Right. Okay, I I didn't know that. I don't use scouts, but <laughs> th like back when I was trying to find a way to counter Uriels, um, uh, I used I I mean I tried everything. Um, I eventually landed on Antio, but I didn't want to use Antio because that was the go-to counter. So I wanted to try and like counter with something else so that people wouldn't be able to read me. Um, but anyways, like I, I used that and I felt like when the bullets landed, you would absolutely shred people. Like it just it would put you down instantly. Um, but that's if the bullets started to land. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sorry, I cut you off, Alphonse. Anyways, you were saying about oh, um, no, scout rifles. Uh, for scout rifles, I mean, I, there's definitely some killer ones out there. You know, I, I definitely have a lot more experimentation to do. Uh, I'm trying to think back to our last week of scouts and snipers, which, oh, that was that was a rough week. Uh, that for sure. uh, black scorpion did well, actually. The new ones, the year two ones. Yeah, really. Uh, the tail pick was actually auto rifles, not scout rifles, but. Uh, when they buffed scout rifles, because people were having issues with for in Forsaken with how uh, scout rifles got treated, they got nerfed and then they got buffed and then they got buffed a second time. And somebody actually did the math and the Vice scout rifle specifically, which is funny because you were talking about this linear. You said that they were horrible, but somebody did the math and the Vice scout rifles after all the buffs were ludicrous. They were like. After the two buffs, they were at 55% more damage than in year one, or something oh, absurd like that. Yeah, like, like I mean, like I said, but if, only if, if the bullets only hit... Only if you, 
it yeah if you hit and only if you landed precision hits because they buffed the hell out of the precision multiplier on uh scout rifles is what they did okay hmm. so the um, vice auto uh, scout rifles technically should be like i think they're 0. 0.8 or 0. 0.9 second time to kill weapons right now in yeah they'll counter uh last word easily oh without a doubt yeah because i mean you can hit kids from cross map with with uh vice and you can't really counter that. There's nothing in... I mean, as, uh, unless you're using, like, a Bargons with high, with high cal, there's nothing that you can really do to counter uh, someone with a, with a, a scout that can kill that fast. But I, I just want to go back to the uh, the auto rifle question that you had, if there's any auto rifles in Crucible that can compete. Um, yeah, that... After you're done, that was actually what I was going to go back to. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, sweet. Um, the Cerberus is only able to compete because it's not actually an auto rifle. It has like an identity identity crisis. It's kind of like a it's kind of like an it's SMG. It's an auto shotgun. It's like an auto well, shotgun it... SMG thing, you know? Like right. um it's, well, it's not actually an auto rifle, so therefore it doesn't have the drawbacks of every other auto rifle. But um again, when I was playing with Alphonse yesterday, goddamn, um I was using uh, an auto rifle for the first half of the games that we played. And then eventually I got a really good pulse rifle to drop and I started using the pulse rifle and then I immediately felt like more confident in my engagements that I would push because with an auto rifle, I was using uh, Uriel's gift, by the way, that was the, that was the water rifle I was using. Um, when I was pushing engagements, like the, the reticle would be like on the target, perfect. And it would be going and going and going. And then all of a sudden it would just like drift and the the change of the uh, recoil pattern mid mag is kind of what kills a lot of the auto rifles. It's because you you need to not only predict when it's going to happen, but you need to learn to change the way that you are um, controlling the recoil mid gunfight. Now, whilst you are trying to not die because you use a a gun that has a lower time to kill than what your opponent's using. You are trying to land your shots and then also have to readjust mid gunfight to a new recoil direction. That's what kills a lot of auto rifles. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I, that's what I was asking about, and this was what I wanted to bring up to Alphonse. Is so on this ringing nail, which was the comparison I wanted to make to you because you said that you had a really good one. Mine has armor piercing rounds, Zen moment, and rampage. Oh, but the nice. thing I've noticed is the recoil direction is so low because this is sixty nine. Ooh. I don't have a counterbalance mod on it, but even then, at 69 base, that's that's horrible recoil direction. It's horizontal yeah. a lot of the time. So unless you have like any sort of perks or anything that basically either reduce the recoil, like a Zen moment that I have, which I still think isn't all that great, you basically oh, have Zen to put a counterbalance mod. It is great, yeah, I'll, I'll so admit. But the way, okay, I'll, so the way that Zen moment works. Is not how yeah, more... like counterbalance works. Counterbalance removes all sideways. Okay, it it, it well, removes it, like eighty percent of it's eighty percent reduction. Yeah, yeah, they they changed it from D one and D one. It used to be ninety percent reduction. Now it's eighty percent. That was a nerf that was done to counterbalance halfway through the Taken King, because everybody essentially needed it, and people with doctrine were just going nuts. Yeah, but. 
so Alphonse, what do you think? Is it is mine a bad ringing nail? Should I try to get another one? Should I just throw a counterbalance on there and make up for it? Or is there something else, some other 450 arc, uh, RPM or another archetype that is good right now? 600. Mm-hmm. I would say I'd say definitely try the counterbalance mod because I definitely like to throw that on everything. Uh, I will say probably the information between us testing stuff will be skewed because a lot of my armor for the most part in some way, shape, or form is made to benefit auto rifles, uh, whether it be reserve, scavenger, unflinching auto rifle aim. I have very many perks on my armor set uh, made for auto rifles. So you're basically saying that auto rifles can be competitive, but you basically have to build around them? Uh, with some of them, definitely. It depends on what you're looking to do. Uh, for me, I, I enjoy staying close quarters. So more often than not, I stay close quarters, which I think is what's uh, giving me a little bit better performance because obviously with them being closer, even if it does tend to sway a little bit, you're more likely to hit a target uh, than trying to hit someone from far away. Uh, to even that effect, I do treat my ringing nail occasionally uh, as a scout rifle where I'll only take, you know, maybe one or two shot bursts at a person just to keep them on edge. So um, do you think there are any like kind of starter auto rifles, like good all around, like Uriel's gift was back in year one that you can currently get like anything that's just kind of a, uh, you don't have to build around it, but you can oh, pick definitely. it up, not be great with it, but it's a low skill gap kind of weapon. So I I feel in the in the near game, uh, Ether Doctor can be su- shoots su- surprisingly quick. Uh, so it can be really good in the near game. For me, for the longest time, I played with the Origin Story. Uh, it actually oh, yeah. used to Origin be good. Horror, I, it used know. to be my game bun. Yeah, yeah. Once I got a once I got the horror story, that's that was my secondary go to. And that weapon is surprisingly good. Um, I know when I made my Hunter, you know, I was like, you know what, for laughs, I'm a hop in PvP. I'm only, like, light level 100. Let's give this a shot. And even then, as soon as I picked up the origin story I went through, I was still able to keep either even or a positive KD with it. Yeah, but origin story was kind of... <sighs> what was that one scout rifle that everybody had back in D1 from Dead Orbit? Hung jury. jury. Origin story to me, and it might just be because it's such a boring gun, but origin story was basically like the hung jury of D1. It was a solid all-around gun, which I guess that was exactly what I was asking, but it was really boring, wasn't it? And sometimes boring is what you need. You need something that has no gimmicks, nothing crazy. It just fucking works. Yeah, it's something that will give you something consistent. You never have to worry about it. You know, you never have to worry of like, oh, I need to make sure I proc this effect or. It was the anything. Honda Civic of auto rifles is what hey, it was. Hey, hey. Yeah. And that was the same thing I said about Hung Jury is it was a Honda Civic. It was basic, <laughs> practical, it did the job, but there was nothing flashy about it. Yeah, it just got but, it done. Um, yeah. When in the Crucible, you don't need flashy all the time. You need results. You know, yeah, that's reliability. what you're looking for at the, at the end of the day. That's what you need is results. So I think, like, because especially since it's so easy to get, uh, the origin story is, at least, I believe you get it from Zavala for just doing strike stuff. And yep. turning yeah, it was, um, it was a Vanguard 
drop, Vanguard Engram drop. So I mean, uh, it's no, very approachable. The only way to get it now is by doing the uh, the main story, and then you have to choose it as the um, as your award because you got to choose between the pulse rifle, the scout rifle, and the auto. Mm. So you, um, that's the only way to get it now. So you, you have to make a new character and then complete the quest to get it. Because I believe there's no random rolled origin stories. They haven't brought that through yet, have they? No. No. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's the that's the only way. So like, if you've like, let's say you pick up Destiny today, you've never played Destiny before. That's the only way you're gonna get the origin story is by playing through the the campaign and choosing it. But that means then you have to choose that over the Nightshade. Which was actually I was about to bring up because you were talking about bygones earlier. Mm-hmm. Nightshade back in year one, and for players who you know just joined us with Forsaken, which actually there's quite a few I'm noticing. Yeah, uh, Nightshade was even though it was a PVE gun because you got it from you know the Vanguard Engrams, it was a murderer in Crucible, wasn't it? I remember during so, yeah, the beta, the... during the open beta, Nightshade was just merciless. Mm-hmm. The, the only issue with Nightshade though is that its aim assist is f- like ridiculously low. So right, you you had to like it's a good gun. Don't get me right; it's it's a bloody good gun, but um it's not forgiving in this life. If you miss a shot, you're fucked. Like you, you need you need to practice using that gun and you need to get used to having that low aim assist. Now I mean it's well, not like that's impossible with a controller. It's just you can't just pick it up and be good with it, you know? Yeah. Right. It, it's not a low skill gap gun. But then again, exactly, that kind of yeah. defines pulse rifles. Cause if you remember back in year uh Destiny One, Alphonse, you didn't play Destiny One, did you? No I did. Okay. Well, I mean, it doesn't so, even matter oh, if it's Destiny One. Like right now, pulse rifles have the only the only pulse rifle that breaks the pulse rifle meta is Bygones, because it has ridiculous range and ridiculous aim assist. That's what makes what, Bygones so good. What I was gonna say is, uh, I was gonna make the comparison back to the Clever Dragon days, when we had Clever Dragon right. and also um, what was the other one, the one that you could get from farming Omnigul. Oh, across uh, the Malik. Yeah, grasp of Malak. Grasp of Malak, Malak, not Malak. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is also going to set me off like super stimulant. It's Malak. So, so sorry, what's what's wrong with my my grasp of Malak? <laughs> it's sorry, so grasp- just, can you can you can you repeat that? I uh, quite I missed that just one more time. <laughs> the, grasp, the grasp of Malak. Malak. I was going to make the comparison back to uh, the, the grasp, grasp of Malak. Malak. Yeah, and. The clever dragon days when okay. everybody was running those because they were low, you know, um, low skill gap weapons. But if you had a high impact, because I had back then a Partheon shot, mm-hmm. and I kind of cheated because it had counterbalance, brace frame, and outlaw. Oh, that's dirty. Uh, it was dirty, and it was a back then. If you had grasp of Malak or clever dragon, you could what was it four bursts? But it was a really fast rate of fire, so the four bursts were actually uh, quick. So everybody three, had them. You could three burst, three but burst. you had to hit nine headshots. And okay, so the and max on non max armor guardians. If right. So max, the, but yeah, but even people. even then, because it was a high rate of fire, you could four burst on body shots, and the time to kill because of how high the rate of fire was, it was only it was like one point oh for a four burst yeah. and point eight for a three burst. Yeah. But if you had a Partheon shot or any other high impact, it was point six. The high but impact scouts had the had absolute. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. had to land. You had to get six headshots to get that point six 
but the high impact pulse rifles had by far the fastest time to kill of any weapon back in those days. Mm. And it's that's like essentially right now, the fastest time to kill auto rifle is the lowest RPM one. Right. You, to, right. you, you, only, you only have to hit five headshots. And the highest and the lowest time to kill pulse rifle is also a high impact. Yeah. Because if I remember right, the current high impact pulse rifles can also two burst. Yes, yeah, they but can. Once again, you you have you to have land to, all of your shots. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a position that pulse rifles have always been in, where they're they've been these um like kind of what we have now with bygones where there's this low skill gap pulse rifle that does pretty decently well, but you also have these really stupidly hard hitting, really hard to use, no screw up uh pulse rifles that are just dominating if you can use them really well. Yeah, and the, um, I was going to go back from... to Nightshade. Nightshade was one of those pulse rifles, and still is, essentially. I was going to use Relentless from Trials. You know, the... Uh, the oh, you uh, mean that thing that we can't do anymore? Yeah, the, the <laughs> game mode that basically made every Destiny streamer, like, have a job and be able to, like, feed their families. Yeah, that, that thing. <laughs> that um, thing that I haven't touched since like ages ago and I, you're discussing oh, I a weapon trials. that i never got to drop I oh i don't much. i do not miss trials um anyway oh this because you didn't play with me i make trials fun it's okay it's like comp i make comp fun oh my clan makes one in the morning trials and fun i'm like pulling my fucking hair out because we're playing against nothing but uh what's that bullshit fusion the printer the fucking toaster on the arm Yoten. Jotun, thank you. Um, playing, like, <laughs> the fucking toaster on an arm. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. Oh, that's it's what it is. It's a toaster with a trigger. It is a toaster with a trigger. Dude, I get I get triggered by that gun. Like that gun, like that gun causes me to lose carries more than I'd say anything else. Because I wonder I will, if. Oh my god! Fuck that gun. I wonder if you right can now. play. <laughs> I wonder if you can play Fallout on that or Diablo. You're fucking <laughs> honestly, dude. Like this. Is, oh my god. Anyways, but uh, like I was saying, the, the Relentless. Um, I ran into a guy like maybe two, two, three weeks ago, and clearly that's the only gun he's like he's been using. And he's gotten very good with that gun. Because every time I try to go up against him with my Not Forgotten and he had the, uh, the Relentless, he just two bursted me. Like I couldn't touch him. You know, and I'm using a Not I'm, I'm sitting here using a Not Forgotten, and this man has a fucking Relentless, and he's. Dicking me like he like he's giving me the fucking long, and I'm like I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to play against this because I've never had to play against it I've never had to learn to play against that so in my wheelhouse of skills that I know and that I can just like pull out I don't have anything for how do I beat a two tapping pulse you know right. so like that well, that's another thing is that if you can learn to use a gun that is like way outside of the meta, but that can compete. Like you know, your low rate of fire autos, your high impact um, pulses and stuff like that. You can completely fuck up kids that are at the top of the at the top of the leaderboards because they don't know how to play against it because no one plays it. Right, right. Okay, well, Alphonse, I want to get your point on this because linear, you've had your second shot now at <laughs> ranting. So Alphonse, no, I, I want to get I your take on that. what. As far as what he was saying, like about playing outside the meta, no, he's totally right. Like, like, like the meta exists just because it's the most common thing that everyone uses. But honestly, that doesn't necessarily it's the best. Yeah. 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 
that and I mean it gets boring, you know. At least to me, I feel like it's very boring when you see the same set of weapons over and over. It's like, oh, it's another shotgun, it's another dust rock. It's a- you get used to it, and it's like this isn't interesting. Whereas, like, oh, he pulled out like, like I got killed. I think when I was playing comp with linear, a uh, person had a anonymous autumn sidearm. Literally, haven't seen anyone use a sidearm in months, and to get killed suddenly by a close range because that was his backup gun. I was like, wow, like. I'm impressed. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I'm... That's not what I was going to talk to you about, but I'll I'll admit I'm one of those counter-meta guys. I like listening, looking at the meta and going, fuck that noise, I'm going to do my thing. Back in the Doctrine of Passing days, I ran Zen Meteor, which was fucking amazing, by the way. I'm so oh, sad yeah. they didn't bring Zen Meteor back. It was by far the greatest sniper rifle ever. That gun was awesome. What I wanted to ask you about was, since you're the auto-rifle guy, what is essentially like the cross between autos and pulses? I wanted to get your take on Vigilance Wing right now. Because we were no, just discussing me. pulse rifles. <laughs> yeah, Vigilance Wing was, uh, in year one, it was like the gun. If you had Vigilance Wing, you could dominate. It was Vigilance Wing and Uriel's Gift, if I you remember correctly. Can. It's never been nerfed. Like, the gun right, it, is it, right now. It, it's... It never got nerfed, but everything else did get brought up. So it's really hard to use Vigilance Wing. So it's, Alphonse, again, what do you it's think? Because such a unique weapon. Sorry, but yeah, Alphonse is you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's well, Alphonse's turn. Yeah, you've I'm had done. your chance. Okay, you're you're responsible for sixty percent. <laughs> you can uh, you don't have to leave, but for the love of fucking god, let somebody else talk. Well, I just think it's hilarious that you bring up the vigilance ring right now because I just switched to my Titan, and that's actually what I'm using right now as I'm going through these missions uh, for weeklies and dailies. So it's actually fantastic you bring it up because I'm using it right now. Okay, so uh, do you think, I think a, obviously we think, know it's still competitive, Oh but yeah, is it still competitive? I feel like, like with the right team, I mean, it's like saying, I feel like the Vigilance Wing has the same grouping of the exotic that everyone hates when it comes to armor, right? It's like, it has the potential to be good, but you have to be rolling with the right team to make it worthwhile. So... Hold on, give me one second. I want to bring up its perks. It has, it has the five-round burst, and when the rest of your team is dead, it has increased stability, handling, and reload speed. I want to say off the top of my head. I'm about to basically it. It had the um, and it it had the trials, and it heals you. It had the trials perks. (laughs) Fucking linear. It had the trials perks. From uh, year one that all of the adept weapons had, which was um, when the rest of your team is dead, it gets to be a really good gun. And it heals you. Yep. So looking at its perks right now, the harsh truths, five round burst, that's whatever you like to think about it. Uh, the, the, when a nearby ally is killed, uh, the health regen and increased movement speed, and then of course last stand where weapon performance is greatly increased, uh, increases your recovery. When you're the last member of a fire team, I feel like this is a very situational weapon that can make you the clutch god on your team. And the reason why I say that is because reading off the perk is it has to be a nearby enemy, which unless you're playing comp together in like a good group or a team, most of the time they're all spread out. So I feel like for normal quick play, uh, definitely doesn't deliver as much as you would want to see. Well, in normal quick play, it should be easier to proc it because there's more team members to be around, right? That you would hope, but that's near them. It says nearby, but 
you can be a good distance away and still get it to proc. So yeah, it's uh, it's actually like a thirty meter range or something. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's 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 not like ridiculously big, but it's it's a good distance. Uh, I think it's especially good with titans because typically titans have low recovery. So I feel like if you're a titan rocking vigilant swing, you know maybe you're trying to play some comp or even let's let's say even nightfalls because I believe the effect still counts in nightfalls as well. You know you're the last one on your team. You're hurt. You're on the final boss trying to go for that 100k. Maybe throw up your barrier. Let that uh, increased recovery kind of help you a little bit to get. Oh my god! Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just having fucking visions of vigilance wing toting titans with crest of alpha lupi. <laughs> like I think with the right loadout and the right team, like the vigilance wing has great potential. And then especially if you get the catalyst, which I think only, if I recall, gives it what only the full auto trigger system. Uh, perk. Yep. And yeah. Makes it just gives uh, it full auto. Which I mean, which if, you, nice. if you find it like full auto, yeah. Like if you like the full auto perk, like me and stuff, that's a cool thing to have. Um, I, so I have, I have the uh, catalyst, and I have maxed it out. I do have full auto. I've tried it, and with full auto, it's really hard to actually stay on target because it. With the full, how quick it fires full auto, it's really hard to get back on target in PvP at least. It's really hard to try to land those headshots. And with Vigilance Wing, you need like what seven out of ten shots on the head to get the optimal TTK. It's it's uh, actually really hard to use with the full auto. Everybody thought oh, it was going to be a buff and yeah. just like a straight up murder machine, but it's it the catalyst actually kind of makes it worse, in my really? opinion. Yeah. Well, then even without even without the Catalyst, so I think it's overall a solid weapon that if you're playing as a team very well, uh, like you all can work together very well, I think it works great. I mean, not to say that like weapons with similar traits like the Aeon Swift love would be good because, you know... Uh... <laughs> Aeon what? <laughs> I'm sorry, were you Aeon. talking about something involving a Destiny exotic? I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Uh, I'm probably saying the name wrong. I don't know what the actual name is. Oh, there's like the Aeon. And... Yeah, there's the Aeon Swift, which is a t the Hunter, the Aeon fucking something or other. This is Titan and Aeon, some other bullshit that's more like shit. What they're called, like yeah. they don't do anything. <laughs> no, they don't. Well, they they I do mean... do things. They just don't do enough. No, if you're gonna ask no, an don't, entire... don't lie, don't lie to the viewers. Okay, no, they don't do anything. <laughs> no. They do what do things. It's, the whole team if, That's if, like the whole team, if the whole team commits and they buff the shit out of them to do something like instead of just whenever you use an ability, everybody else gets slightly faster other ability. If it became whenever you use an ability, somebody else in your team gets you know their full ability back, it'd be a lot better. Because mm -hmm. you know, something it, more it, like the Rat King. Like the Rat King has a great team buff. Uh, by yeah, itself. it's the Rat King of Armor. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we've well, seen no, the Rat King. The difference between Rat the King... Rat King is... <laughs> Sorry, go. The Rat King is actually fucking ridiculously awesome. Back in... Yes. Uh, okay, cool. Before Forsaken dropped, after they buffed the Rat King, we would do Escalation Protocol with two teams of six people with Rat King and just uh -huh. melt Tier 7 bosses. Just fucking melt them. The and especially after they Aeon buffed it, it was stupid. Is that when wrecking is by itself, it's still good. When Aeon is by itself, it doesn't do anything for you. 
That's true. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, Rat if Aeon had a book as a whole, it could be interesting. Yeah, if... It, the biggest thing that I would think they would need to do is give warlocks, because with warlocks, it's whenever you throw a grenade, everybody else gets their uh, grenade and class ability. I want to say, or whenever, yeah, yeah it's, whenever it's, you everything is class ability in all three of them. Okay, so with warlocks, if they buffed it so that everybody else got their grenade and class ability instantly, it would essentially mm-hmm. become a year two version of that year one um, warlock perk the fucking sunsinger perk that gave everybody stupidly fast grenade oh regen yeah when, when you, you popped your super, you pop your super. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it would essentially become that and it would fuck, then fuck the ex- that. that exotic would then become awesome because grenade like warlocks could just toss a grenade and titan tosses a grenade then hunter tosses a grenade and everybody's just constantly tossing grenades and it would yeah, be fucking good yeah yeah, it would, it would be Sunsinger Warlock from year one, except that it's an exotic and you don't have to pop super anymore. It'd be great. Right. Which, I, which I'm all aboard for. Uh, D1, I was a, a stun warlock the whole time. Uh, I love grenades. Uh, I literally said, Same. screw my team. Yeah. Everything, everything is going to buff me. So it's like, oh, I have fusion grenades. Oh, I popped my super or I rezzed. Uh, let me just throw an infinite amount of grenades for the length of my super. No one is capping this point. Or screw the self-res, take the one that gives you stupidly long yeah, with armor of flame and what was the one exotic Vesper of Radiance? No, that's the one that blinded on self-res. Yeah. Um, Starfire Protocol? Yep. The one that gave you a second grenade where you could literally j- you'd pop your super in for 15 oh, seconds just light the world on fire with solar grenades and that's throw them as fast as... Yeah, just or like... Sun okay, bracers. I, sun bracers. Sun bracers. Sun yeah, Sunbreakers yeah. back in D1. Okay, the floor is lava. Go nuts. <laughs> mayhem. Fucking mayhem back in year one during that was just ludicrous. Oh, yeah. Well, plus keep in mind for D1, though, uh, fusion grenades one-shot. They don't anymore. Right. Which makes me sad. Well, me too. No, not fusion. Solar. The ones that just yeah. pop a giant fucking the ball ones. of fire. That's what I used. Yeah. was the AOE ones. Back well, then, it, that was amazing. Uh, you, you stuck someone with a grenade, that was it. Yeah, but that was cheap. Solar grenades were awesome because you literally could play the floor as lava. Oh, and yeah, you were right. the lava. And it was also a good use for, like, not only that, but, like, entry denial. You could do so many things with that grenade. So, like, not only could you just completely shut down certain areas of the map with that, that grenade, it, it just, that grenade itself allowed you to do, to make so many unique and different plays. Like, it was a very, uh, yeah. For one grenade, you could put it on heavy ammo. No one could pick up heavy ammo. Put it in a door. No one could push through that door unless put it on a control zone. Put it on control zone. No one can cap the control zone. Put it on a person that's weak. They'll die. Like you mean, there's four different uh, things you can do with one grenade. Whereas a stick grenade, oh, I stuck you. Yeah. Well, then again, the difference was with the solar grenade. You know, they could rush through it. They'd be weak, but they could rush through it. Yeah. Whereas with the sticky grenade was a an advantage if they were to rush through it. Like you would put it there hoping they'd rush through it so that you can yep, then get an easy kill. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well then again maybe it's because I was playing a hunter back then, but you know, I'd rush through and then last word to the head, throwing knife. Mm. Or just last word to the body and throwing knife. Because throwing knife to the head plus the last word was like what, two hundred forty damage? Okay. Yeah it was Yeah, okay. Maybe you can kill me, maybe you can't before I can get the shot on you. Solar didn't really have the same impact that Stickies did. Stickies were guaranteed if you land it, they're dead. So, 
So, yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. You, no, you had I a mean, thought. Yeah, my, my thought about these things now that, that especially in, in D2, it seems like it's almost a requirement. And the one that came up recently, uh, this week actually, that I was talking about was um, traction on console. Traction? Yeah, apparently it's like a required perk that I've not been using. And I, it, was, it was news to me. Wait, okay, um, wait, where did you get the news about traction? So uh, there were a couple of the Zer guys and I talked about it, and they pointed me to a post that was on the front page of Reddit for two days okay. about it, about how it is crazy so, uh, what it gives you on console. And it's completely unnecessary PC. Right, so the only thing traction does is it increases your sensitivity to right, right. and it allows you to turn in a radius faster but the reason that it allows you to turn tighter is because it increases your sensitivity from right. right so if you don't if you don't use traction there is absolutely nothing wrong with that the vast majority of the players that i play with when we go into high tier comp mm-hmm. do not use traction because traction isn't as good as you think it is um not only does it fuck up with fuck your aim because left to right is faster than up and down so mm-hmm. you don't have a consistent movement between up and down and left to right that makes traction just completely useless in that fact because it's going to throw away your um your your aim and on top right. of that you can just bump your sensitivity up and get the same effect now you know who probably uses traction a lot osmium osmium <laughs> yeah i would think so <laughs> i would like, hope oh, so I'm actually gonna... Like, oh, you hurt me. I'm going to run around this corner. Psych, I just did a quick 180 and shoulder charged you. Surprise. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I would hope he uses direction. I'm willing to bet he does. Let's talk about fashion. Let's talk about, like, the base <laughs> of all your power. Like, literally, like, if you don't look good, you might as well be playing at 300 instead of 700 now. I, uh... I always use the uh, Trials Trader, the white one. It may make me stand out like crazy and crucible, but I just like the way it looks. Now, see, I, have a, I run a different shader for each of my characters, right? Uh, depending oh, yeah, on, like, yeah. like, what the main thing I run for them is. So I know currently for my Hunter, I am running the Black Armory one, the most common one, the red with the wavy black stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm running that. Uh, I believe I on my warlock because I was gonna try to get geomag and predominantly run arc. So now I'm running void until I do so. I'm rocking oh, cold. And I do like the, I do like the aesthetic of my warlock currently. It's exactly what I was hoping to see. Uh, now that I have the dire arkham ornament, uh, I'm currently rocking the melches of deck. Melchizedek Bramble. Yeah. I like the Amaranth Atrocity from uh, Festival of the Lost better, actually. Uh, It's similar, but it's brighter. Uh, Well, see, that's why I wanted wanted the Bramble instead, because for my Warlock with running Void, I wanted a nice dark purple, Uh, especially with the black to run with everything better. Uh, So that's why I chose that one. So basically what you're saying is you're going full goth? Yeah. Oh yeah, he, black. Uh, I have it posted, I think, in the loot section of the Discord for anyone <laughs> that wants to look. Uh, especially for some yeah. reason, because looks like he's got long body, tiny legs. 
Uh, oh yeah, your fucking <laughs> picture that looks like uh, Michael Phelps. <laughs> but yeah, that's not ever, what I like. Have you ever actually seen Michael Phelps? His body is like ridiculously long compared to his legs, and that's what your warlock looks like. <laughs> I, I realize this is very random, and this is going to be my closing statement, but um, Michael Phelps' body is perfectly uh, I guess proportioned. But, but I, I, I don't know what yeah. the word I'm looking for is, but uh, for a human being, he's the most aerodynamic in water he could possibly be. So oh, you yeah, mean he's the most hydrodynamic? There we go, hydrodynamic. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Hydrodynamic okay. of water. English isn't my first language. Leave me alone. Yeah, no, you're good. What is your um, first language? Afrikaans. Oh, very cool. Oh. I, I, I mean, I stopped speaking Afrikaans when I was 10, but, you know, for the first 10 years of it's my life... It's still what you learned. Yeah, it's exactly. what I learned, exactly. exactly. Um, well, but, this is really awkward, because I always thought you were Australian. No, I'm South African. Close, not quite. I have no uh, idea. No, <laughs> not even fucking close. Well, the the, the dialect is close. For to the di- yeah, for dialects, yeah, for, for accent yeah. is close. Um, I mean, you know, graphically, no, uh, map wise, whatever Ge- the fucking word is, geographically, geographically, yeah, geographically, no, you're fucking way off. But yeah. for dialect, <laughs> no, you're close. I, but on I that one, Afri- I am. Sorry, go. Yeah, Africa. I was gonna say I thought Afrikaans was based off of Dutch. 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 Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's derived from Aust- Dutch. Australian is nowhere near Dutch, so the accents, I mean, while they do sound similar, they're nowhere near, like, even related to each other in terms of accent. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. the uh, UK, uh, well, Europe put all of their uh, prisoners on a to go to Australia, because it's basically a prison camp, but right, it was a lot of... Originally a, yeah, uh, let's see what the fuck happens when we put all our prisoners on an island and... and yeah, and see what hey, happens. Day, it turns out, hey, it turns out they did alright. But yeah. um, a lot of a lot of the prisoners got. You said they did all right, but five fucking machine guns versus a bunch of emus, and they got their ass kicked. I wouldn't say they did all right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, they're still alive, but I wouldn't count them as <laughs> as doing great. Wow. Strength in numbers. Honestly, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the reason that the, the dialects are so similar is because um, a lot of people on the way to Australia were given a choice where they could either work in uh, South Africa building uh, compounds and like infrastructure and stuff for the, the Dutch that were there occupying the land, or they could continue going on a boat to this area that no one knows. So a lot of people chose to stay in South Africa because they were there, they could see what was going on, and... They, you know, the better the, the what's it, the the devil you know than the devil you don't. Yep. Um. Yeah. I think that's the saying. Yep. Um. That's that's the the mentality that that they had. So a lot of people that were coming down from were kind of like split half and half in the matter that they wanted to stay in the UK, in South Africa or go to Australia. So that's why we're so close in dialects. Well, but no, that still doesn't make any sense because unless they would then go from. Africa to Australia, there would just be a hard split there, and there would be no yeah, connection no, so whatsoever once, in terms of yeah. accent. Once everything was built, that's where they went. They would continue going. So oh, you, would, okay. you, would get, you would get off, build, work for a while, maybe break your leg or something, and then you'd be useless. So wait, what do they do with you? Well, they can't just they kill you. They send you off to Australia. They send you off to Australia. Okay. So that's where the actually the Australian accent came from. It wasn't from British prisoners. It was actually from British prisoners that 
then stopped and picked up the accent in South Africa. This is cool. Learn something new every day. Fuck yeah, you do. If you don't learn something new every day, you've just wasted 24 hours of your life. Is my opinion on life. Well, shit, dude. I've wasted more than 24 hours of my life then. Yeah, I know. I was such a <laughs> fucking pothead back in high school, dude. I, I, I'm sure I burned way more time being high in high school because when you're high, it's like, yeah, okay, half an hour has gone by, but it's felt like six weeks. That the whole time dilation thing, I've wasted fucking years. That and I'm drinking right now, so I'm wasting even more time. Yay! I'm yeah, wasting time trying to go to bed. So, but seriously, yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm a hop out. Sorry for dominating the chat. No, I think in good, future, man. what we're gonna do is we're gonna be like, all right. So here's five minutes, and we're gonna talk about crucible things. We're gonna pull Pine in, like thirty seconds before the five minutes starts. He's gonna do his rant, and then at five minutes, we kick him out the 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 uh, the thing, and bam. That's how <laughs> well, we're gonna. But we're this gonna is gonna it. be even better because. This week's episode was about PvP because Alphonse wanted to talk about the tournament. But maybe right. next week's episode will be about lore. In which well, case, what lore, the fuck are you going to yeah, talk about? Honestly, don't get me in there. I'll just sit, I'll, honestly, I'll sit there and just... I'll be like, oh, wait, that's a thing? <laughs> Shit, okay. Wait, what, I'm not good with what are you talking about? The Radiolarian fluid is actually a biological <laughs> agent. I thought they were just fucking robots. It's fucking Vexmoke, bro. What you mean? Vexmoke. Yeah, I, I, like, do you even know... Do you even know what the Vex are? I'd be surprised if you ever like actually shot okay, so something the, other than a Guardian. Right, so Wait, the, the Vex, Vex, the Vex is, a, uh, is a organism thing. Like they all have the No, you're not even fucking close. The, it, all, the instant you said something. organism, the instant you said organism, I knew you were wrong. Yes, they are all linked, <laughs> but, they, but I'm still going like, to make fun of you. They're all like connected or some they, shit, aren't they? They are a hive mind, yes. Yeah, they there you go, hive mind, that's hive it. Mind. Like, whatever. Like, fuck you. If it's any consolation, if it's any consolation, I knew that it was, that the, the curriculum was readily in fluid because I've done that fucking mission so goddamn much that, um, here's one, I Cora tells here's one thing you. I, here's one thing yeah. I want to ask. Had it, I'm not going to ask your age, but you said that you stopped speaking Afrikaans as <laughs> at, at age 10. Yeah. Have you spoken more than 10 years of English? No. Okay, well then, never mind. Because I was going to say, if you've spoken more than 10 years of English, you have no fucking excuse for not knowing what the fuck you're talking about at this point. No, I, I haven't. There's, um, okay, so, well like, then, my, you the get a pass in this point. The, the issue that I have is mm -hmm. that I know what the word is in Afrikaans, but I don't know what it is in English. So I have uh, to try and describe what that word is by going around about it. Um, yep. And then along with that as well, Afrikaans doesn't have a past tense. Really? So, yeah, so, like, oh, for instance, well, I want to say yesterday, I have to say the day before today. Oh, that's that's weird. Yeah, Wait, so that's I, interesting. does German have... Yeah, German has German, yesterday, German has, doesn't it? Yes, German has a past tense, and so does Dutch. Dutch but, yeah. but because... Afrikaans uh, is a, a combination of Dutch and the native languages. There's it, kind of this weird fucking linguistic artifact. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So, I... I don't get me wrong. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty fucking good at English, all things considered. Yes. Like I know, I, yeah, I yeah. understand how how to speak and and form sentences and stuff like that. But like well, when you, are I mean, growing considering up, just how much you've been dominating this podcast, I highly doubt there's anybody who's listening who can say that you <laughs> suck at English. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but I mean, like along with also being dyslexic, 
it it kind of it, it hinders my ability to um like I don't know um so what I'm looking for. I don't know. Um, Words suck. Yeah, let's just go with that. Well, yeah. I will go ahead and say that your English is a hell of a lot better than my German. <laughs> if it's any Which... consolation, as long as you know how to ask for the police, say what your name is and where you where you come from, you don't need anything else. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I can say... Actually, I don't think I can say more than that. Well, I can <laughs> yeah. say... Well, you don't need any more than that. Yeah. And now, you know, with the advent of the I will excuse well. myself. I will... Go ahead and excuse myself by saying that German is my third language, though, and I've been yeah. learning for two months. Oh, there you go. Anyways, nice. you should you should probably go the fuck to sleep and yes. do. Yeah, I think we I all know you're to. sitting there. It, no, dupe. Aw. no, 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 dupe in this conversation. Dupe's been gone for a while. No, no he's not. Right here. He's right there. He's muted. I see dupe. Dupe dash forty six. Oh. I see you. Unmute yourself, <laughs> child. I see you. I was going to go off about maybe a topic he wants to go off of, but if we all need to go to sleep, fuck it, we'll just cut recording here. Soren, you think you can go on? No, I think I'm going to call it a night myself. (laughs) I appreciate it, though. (laughs) Alphonse, do you need to to duck out? No. (laughs) Right, dupe. I know you're listening. You said you were going to get in here and listen. So the fact that you haven't unmuted yourself, I really hope it's just you looking for a headset to get in on this. No, he uh, he, he sent me a message a little while ago that he logged off. I just think he didn't disconnect. No, because he just, <laughs> I mean, you can go into our channel. He says that no, he'll pop in and listen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see whatever you want to see. This was only like five minutes ago that he said this. <laughs> You're right. Damn, damn right I am. I don't <laughs> talk without knowing that I'm right. Soren, you do realize what this means, right? What? This is the third week in a row that you and I are interacting when I'm drunk. Oh, that's true. <laughs> the only interactions made will be while inebriated. This is actually kind of crap. Because <laughs> I've made a promise to Soren that the next time we hung out, hung out, I would be sober. And I made it half an hour into our first interaction together. Silver. I'm not an alcoholic, I swear. <laughs> Just happens right, well, to always be weekend evenings. It does. We end up getting together. Well, I mean, that's like the best time to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just happens that it's always Saturdays because generally I only drink on Saturdays. Yesterday, I got really excited thinking about today, getting drunk and hanging out and then no, I couldn't wait, so I got drunk. <laughs> you got excited drunk. I got excited drunk, and, and then I ended up tired drunk. And I just ended up listening to music for 20 fucking minutes. Why sleep? I can't talk. There you God go. damn it, dupe. Hang out yep. in the living room or something. <laughs> All right, well, um, we'll go ahead and cut it here. If there are any other listeners, and because this is, in fact, episode zero, so we are still, you know, testing everything out. Uh, I apologize for any sort of um, any sort of mistakes we may have made. The structure may have made. The structure really isn't set up all that well. Linear being here, I really did not expect Linear to essentially take over the podcast. <laughs> we are going to try to be more streamlined in the future, and, you know, we're going to get through our clan information, anything the story needs to bring up. 
Um, at the beginning of each episode, we want to try to get all that stuff out as concisely as possible and make sure everybody knows what's going on this week, next week, maybe. And um, if there's any Salarian clan members that would like to be on the podcast, I will actually be setting up a Google documents or a Google survey so that any members can put in their information, any topics they want to talk about, anything they're knowledgeable about, and try to bring in members into the podcast so that everybody can get a chance to get on here, talk about stuff. All of our listeners and all of our podcast members can listen in, get to know all of our members. Everybody knows that Linear is absolutely hardcore for PvP at this point. Alphonse, maybe we know that Alphonse is kind of a PvP player, but really didn't get a chance to shine here this week. Oh, I do and, everything. Um, yeah, so... And something else I also want to bring up, if maybe there's any clan members that want to give a shout out to any other clan members, maybe you played with somebody that helped you out with like the Whisper Quest or helped you out with the Thorn Quest, and you just want to give them a shout out and let the entire clan know, hey, this one particular member really helped me out on this thing and is just a really fucking awesome guy and or girl. I say and or because, you know, never know. I don't judge. Go ahead and do that. Um, we're going to go ahead and call this episode here and hopefully we can get another episode up next week. Definitely. Sounds good. Thank you for putting this together. Yeah. And thanks for letting me do this. I've really always wanted to do a podcast. Alphonse, thanks for coming on and, you know, being awesome. I know you really didn't get a chance to shine. Hopefully another episode will be able to actually get you on here and I can actually talk to you without having linear interfere. You know, and maybe like can... one day I'll take notes down to actually talk about stuff too. I mean, because I'll do the same thing. Ahead. I'll ramble all day. Well, I mean, I gave you a show notes, dude. You had a chance. I've been talking <laughs> about that for what 14, 18 hours now at this point. You had your chance <laughs> to put something in the show notes. And uh, we'll uh, bitch about Osmium oh. King and his fucking shoulder charge some more. I always well, forget I could edit that. That was fun to talk about. I didn't know. Also, yeah, this yeah. loaded from this week, oh, never again, please. Yeah, what? well, no, it was a one-time thing. I don't do reruns. <laughs> Bows, both swords, and non-damaging supers? Yeah. But, okay. You know what? I, I know we said we were going to finish, but give, give me your thoughts on this week's loadout. <laughs> uh, it's a tough loadout. Um, for me, especially with Friendly, who... Like, I'm not saying he's my main competition because Elite is definitely up there. Linear is definitely up there. Everyone's a good competitor, uh, but mostly just he's he's the one I always go back and forth with the most, uh, whether it's trash talking or in the, or in the fights. Uh, both me and him have the same philosophy on, on bows. They belong in the trash. They're great for shards, nothing really more. Uh, so, so for both of us having to find some legendary bows that are okay to use was definitely a struggle. Uh, we both definitely defaulted to the bow because uh, we both had the same thought of, do we have a bow that's not exo- exotic? Like, we both had the same thought of, like, we don't know if we do because uh, we just go and trash them. Not to say uh, bows... No th- I do want to say no turning back. That's a legendary that's... Is that a set roll or is that's that red good. roll? You can you can pull it it's from collections, set. can't you? It's a set roll, but it's mistakenly bugged in collection. Oh, okay. That it shows it's a random roll, even though it's not. Yeah, because I've never sharded mine. My no turning back. That 
I mean, that got me through all of Forsaken. Yeah, I just keep one handy since it's a set roll. All right, go ahead, Alphonse. Uh, I think it's definitely tough. I don't think bows in general are a bad weapon, but they're a bad weapon in my hands. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, just like every gun has the potential to be good. I mean, so I can attest when we had our grenade launcher and sidearm uh, loadout last season, I, pu- I literally went to my collections and I pu- pulled out the Traveler's Chosen Damage, which is the very beginning pistol of white rarity you get in the beginning of the game. Yep. But even well, then, I will give that with the caveat that it is, I mean, even at its base, it is, you know, it has zero perks. It's still a sidearm, which, yes. as we've discussed earlier, are still stupidly broken, or yeah. at least they're really damn good just as a general weapons type. Oh, definitely. But keep in mind, it only has nine rounds. And it's not okay. particularly outstanding in any field, so it can be very tough to use. Yeah. It's, it still kills no four point. headshots. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't think... Uh, that was a fun match. I, I didn't do very well, but I still scored, I think... I think the top score had like 50-something kills, 50 or the 60, and I was still that week was yeah. Osmium King. Uh, right. Because you couldn't counter so Grenade launcher sidearm. Most people couldn't at least. <laughs> well, but I even then, I still, uh, I still ended a Why match with thirty to forty kills. It was, it was, I, it, I, bleh, I did better than I anticipated for what it was. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like every we- every weapon has potential to be good with the right user. I'm not yeah. the right user when it comes to bows. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, going back to, you know, No Land Beyond, that's kind of... It, any gun can be broken if you spend enough time with it. Yeah. So, um, even yeah, you're week, not like, interested last in bows? Uh, bows aren't for me. I recognize that they're great. Uh, I thought about bringing out the Wish Ender, but with the type of map that it is, uh, I didn't expect as much close quarters as we had, which we, we did have a, a decent amount. Um, I just didn't think it, uh, seeing through walls was going to be as useful as it did. And Trinity Ghoul, I, I have no idea how well it functions in PvP because of the split. I didn't have time to test beforehand. Yeah. I think um, Trinity Ghoul, if you land, I think it actually does slightly less damage. I think it does three hits of 50 damage, so it's 150 versus uh, the Subtle Calamity and its archetype, which does 151 to the head. It's a one point difference, so it's insignificant. But oh, yeah. um, now, how does that compare with bows with explosive heads and their precision hits? Uh, they do the da- same damage. It's really? yeah, explosive rounds doesn't increase damage. It cuts seventy percent is done with the impact. The other thirty percent is done with the explosion. Because I have I a subtle know. calamity with uh with explosive rounds, and it does something like. 115 to the head and then 35 from the explosion. So it still does 150 damage. Uh, There's no damage increase or reduction with explosive rounds. It's just spread out more. So if you hit two people, you end up doing more damage because you get, you know, the 115 to the head and then 70 total with the explosion, 35 to the one guy and 35 to another guy. Oh, okay. 
Also, I believe explosive rounds does have a damage increase modifier to shields, but that's only to elemental shields and only in PVE. That doesn't apply to guardians. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's probably why I was really hopeful and not not expecting. Uh, but I mean, it was a good change up for loadout. I mean, I I haven't touched a sword and like equipped a sword really in forever uh, for use. So it was definitely interesting to bring it back. I wish I had practiced more, especially with the black talent. Uh, you know, I had a few black slices. That pretty cool. I had a few slices I actually missed because of how they twist in the air. Yeah, I was uh, I was shocked. I was like, "What? How?" There is one thing I want to point out about explosive rounds on bows, which is in PvP because there's a lot of like peeking, corner peeking. So you know, two guys will look at each other around the corner light shots off and you know hit each other and then both duck back because you know 151 you're knocked down into the right at that point if you land a headshot um one thing you can do is you can hit them in the head do the damage when they duck back you just stay out and you start firing shots like where their feet are and the explosive rounds can potentially kill them because of the explosion no it's funny you say that because i had uh i had a few instances of that today where uh just taking random shots at someone I knew ducked behind the corner, I was able to get a tiny bit of chip damage, just enough to be like, okay, yes, they're still there. Yeah, and it it's not always going to kill them, and sometimes it's more like just the thorn burn where you can keep track of where they are. But explosive rounds on bows, in a bows-only setting, is actually pretty useful because it lets you do damage around corners that you otherwise couldn't do. Well, um, the big do- difference with bows is they, uh, they don't explode instantly. There's a slight delay. Yes. Right. And Duke, go ahead and he dropped back in here. He had to leave earlier for personal reasons. Uh, he dropped back in. He's probably only going to be in for you know, maybe a couple of minutes. Uh, he said he had some quick thoughts. I want to go ahead and get you in here, Duke. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, just uh, running quickly. If I'm talking low, don't worry about it. I'm in a room that kind of echoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying not to have the echo affect me. But um just quick thoughts. Like, so for me, um, just a little bit of a quick background, I get a chance to really say nothing much earlier, but, um, for me, I'm more of a, well, as of late, I've been more of a PVP player. Um, I'm typically PVE. Um, but it's been weird because when D2 launched, I was mostly PVE because it was so content, um, Love, which is called it content barren land or whatever. Um, I kind of went PvP because that's where I was getting all my satisf- satisfaction from. So, um, so I'm kind of like pigeonholing the PvP right now. So <laughs> it's kind of weird because now I'm starting to look out loadouts and stuff, stuff that I never really paid attention to. Like, um, I guess, like for instance, last week, no, actually, probably about two weeks ago, I started using Chaperone. I've never used it, uh-huh. didn't really like it. Um, but then I started using it. Actually, I don't know whose video I watched, but I watched the video and kind of picked up some pointers and started using that. Um, using that shotgun, especially with the shotgun, um, somewhat nerf. They nerfed them, but not that much. But Chaperone didn't really get touched, I don't think, because it's still a beast. It's still mad people. But either way, just to um, kind of give my little quick little PvP background, because typically I, I would, like I said, typically I would pay, play PvE, but um, I don't even think, I haven't done the raid since Spire Star, so 
um, <laughs> a little bit behind in that. But either way, um, just thinking about the tournament, I haven't gotten a chance to play in any of the matches for this week, but um, I think that the bows, um, one good point, if, if you have a bow with explosive head, I think that is a, a, a really good bow um, to use or run. And I think once you, once you kind of get the mechanic down um, for fusion rifles, a bow is somewhat similar um, in a way um, where if you, if you start to pre-charge it ever so slightly or whatever, and it really is really uh, a weapon where you, you need to peak corners with it in PVP as opposed to PVE. Cause I think bows are really, really good in PVE, but in PVP, the effectiveness is comes from when you when you peek those corners. Now I haven't taken it into comp, comp play or anything like that because I'm not crazy, but um, I think uh, that's where you get the the better bang for your for your buck. Um, and then I think um, each one of the bows that you guys have been talking about are definitely good bows. Trinity Ghoul, not too good for um, PvP. I don't think is yeah. It's it's yeah, perk it's, it's, really lends itself to PVE. Yeah, it's really good in PVE. PVP, and yeah, not so much. Um, but um, like I said, I think I mentioned early Lemonarch, um, the Val. Those are pretty good for PVP just because they have that overtime burn. Um, whereas if you pair it with, I mean, well, with the tournament, you're pairing it with another bow, but if um if there was something that you would pair with, you pair it with a good one ten um hand cannon. I'm pretty sure that um it, it'll be super satisfying. So um yeah, that's just my kinda quick little thoughts though. It's kind of thrown together. I didn't really <laughs> think it out too much, but Well, it, but yeah. it's actually funny that you mentioned how to use it because I mentioned earlier that I didn't use oath keepers, I use uh knucklehead radar. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know, and I'm going to go ahead and say this for the listeners, but if you draw a bow and you hit the reload button, you then like un pull the bow back. So it goes yeah, back to its yeah. resting state. But if you're holding the trigger, and this may just be because I've modded my controller to have uh, square and circle buttons on the back as well. But in PvP, I'll I'll just be ADS and holding the trigger and you know, constantly drawing it and watching my radar. So if I see any red on the radar, even while I'm ADS, I'll just keep tapping square, kind of like you do with a fusion rifle, where you keep, you know, tapping the trigger mm-hmm. as you're coming mm-hmm. around the, the corner. Yeah. So you're not really charging it, but you're ready to hold it down. And I'll do that with a bow in the same way. So I, if somebody's going to come around the corner, I already have the jump on them, even if they're already a bow user. And I think that's something that you kind of have to have to practice. But once you get it down, yeah. it really makes bows really good to use because you're talking about 150 to the head immediately. If you have any sort of team shotting, they're just going to go down instantly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, definitely. That's uh, that's definitely a dangerous amount of damage to take in one go, uh, for sure. Uh, I'm surprised though. Uh, speaking of hand cannons, uh, I don't know what <laughs> hand cannons have been getting a lot of love lately with their exotics. I'm kind of jealous. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't seen some hand cannons used as much as I have in the past. Uh, I, I think, I'm not sure if it's just because you're getting dominated by some of the pinnacle weapons or what, but I mean, 
I've seen Thorne only show up a handful of times, even in quick play and comp. It's not as prevalent as I expected it to be with its return, uh, which was pretty surprising to me. I yeah, think that's I think because it's... it's not as powerful in as it was in D1. It's really a PvE gun now with its perk, and its burn wasn't nearly as severe as it was in D1. The fact that you have to get a kill first really hampers it. Mm. Understandable. Go ahead, Dupe. Yeah, I was going to say that, um, I mean, definitely that um, it, it isn't as powerful as it was in, D, in D1, but... Um, it's just so many other 180s out there right now. Like, um, they're so much more better. So I've seen people, like, for instance, when I was um, chasing Luna's Howl, I went, I started using West of Sunfall. I, I was using that 180 when it first rolled out um, during Osiris. And I was doing really well with the PvP. Then they nerfed it. Or not nerfed it. They did something weird to 180s, which jacked it up. So I put it away. I was like, I can't get a kill with it. Um, but now, like any 180 you pull out, um, you could you can pretty much uh, get the same satisfaction as having um, having a Luna's or um, not forgotten. I don't know what not forgotten feels like. That's something you had to talk to Pine about. <laughs> but. Um, but I think um, I think now, um, with the way the sandbox is, more people are willing to go out on the limb and use um, other hand cannons. Um, I mean, cause just just to mix it up a little bit, you know what I mean? Because I think okay. um, at first, I mean, for a while, people were using Midnight Coop. Um, that's a 140, I believe. Yeah, but, but Midnight Coop was kind of a... It was an outlier. Midnight Coup was just all yeah. around good. One yeah, other one that yeah. I do want to bring up to you, though, is what do you think about like a uh, subtle calamity or another energy bow and Ace of Spades? Because I've heard really good things of Ace of Spades. Yeah, um, I think I think that's a really good um, a pairing because once you get them, because think about it. You use up the calamity, and sometimes I use mine with um, explosive head. And um, once you get that one shot off, you get them down. You get them weak. If they peek you again, and you swap to your um, to your ace of spades, that's one shot. Get them down. You reload. Now you just proc uh, momentum mori, and you keep doing that exchange. You can swap back, swap back to your sub to get somebody else down. Now you got momentum mori. You can keep rolling the momentum more throughout your match. So yeah, I mean it could be a beast if um, if you can if you can get those kind of kills to start kind of lining up or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Well, because you'd mentioned one tens earlier, so I was thinking maybe like a duke, and it might just be because my duke is obnoxious. But I did start thinking about it because mine has a uh, range masterwork, uh, high caliber rounds, some other range perk and a range sights. It's like 92 range. Wow. And I'd never actually run Duke and a bow before. But then I started thinking somebody in our clan chat was talking about how uh, Ace of Spades was just stupid during this Iron Banner because you could just start two tapping people. And I just mm. wanted to you know, think is Ace of Spades or a 110 better? Um, I think 
still with um with one tens. I mean, especially on console, the bloom is is still pretty bad with it. If you can control it, it's it's probably. I mean, I don't know. I'm a big, a, I, I still don't think a, a, a one ten could be ace of spades. Yeah, but a one ten I mean, does what forty six to the body and eighty two to the head. Yeah. So with forty six to the body, one fifty one headshot from a bow. That's one ninety. 197 damage doesn't that mean you can one you know one shot with the bow yeah. to the head and then follow up with a uh 110 to the a body shot to kill absolutely um when you mentioned that it, it reminded me of um some i was watching true vanguard i don't know if you guys heard true vanguard I don't I think there's anybody things. who hasn't heard of him. <laughs> well, I was watching his stream, and um, he was running a 110 with Lemonark when Lemonark first came out. And he was pretty much putting everybody's um, bad taste about bowls um, to the wayside. Because he was like, I mean, as long as you, you charge your bowl the right way, you get that headshot, do you swap over to a 110? He was... He was um, and, this is true Vanguard. He's just—he's a freak when it comes to um, uh, his gameplay and how consistent his shots are. But he was hitting people one Lemonark hit, swapping over to um, his one ten. I can't remember which one it was that he was using, and it was like—I mean—he was just downing so many people. It because they didn't know what hit him. You get hit with that Lemonark, and you're thinking, "Oh crap, I'm getting damaged over time." And then let me peek right out again, and then boom, here goes the one ten hitting you right in the face. So, I think if you but, pair it, go ahead. Well, I was going to say Laman Arc is kind of an outlier, though, isn't it? Because even with a precision hit, I'm pretty sure it only does one oh one to the head and gets most of its damage yeah. from burn, doesn't from the, it? Um, the burn, yeah, it's the burn that really gets you with Laman Arc. It's the burn. So it's kind of more. He was relying on the psychological. You know, oh shit, I'm burning rather than actual mm -hmm. total damage, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I think in and that's the thing too, like um just getting that perfect shot off. Um, because you know, with and and then I guess at one point Lemon Arc wasn't it it wasn't the burn wasn't triggering um the way it was supposed to. But even with that, yeah, if you get that burn triggered um uh, off that draw speed that you have. Um, then that that's all the difference. I mean, but that's only besides the um, Lemon Arc and the Valve. The Valve can probably pull off the same thing, but you can be a lot more consistent with getting those kind of, I mean, two tap kills, so to speak, with um, Lemon Arc and uh, One Ten. Right. So, I think if you're going to be running that though, you'd need a One Ten with handling perks or some sort of handling yep. masterwork. Yep. Handling masterwork, um, maybe range finder, you know, something that's going to make sure that you you get that that precision shot off as as good as possible, or even like if you ran opening shot, because once you right. once you um, swap over real quick, that opening shot, the aim assist on that is going to be ridiculous. Right. Yeah, because opening shots is well. Wait, no, didn't isn't that different now? Opening shot is just off the first shot rather than swapping yeah. like it was in D1. What? Oh, did they change the perk out? Oh, okay. 
I always thought opening shot mm-hmm. was your first shot of a magazine has increased uh, range and aim assist, which was an yeah. improvement on the D1 perk where switching weapons increased it, increased range and aim assist from. Oh, you know, so you don't get D1. it off the weapon swap. Yeah, it's not the weapon swap anymore. Though, because it is opening shot, okay. you know, you are going to swap quick and then fire. So it's essentially the same as D1, but now you don't have to worry about, oh shit, I only have four seconds to proc this perk. Yeah. Right. That's true. Right. Well, I mean, do you have anything else you want to bring up? Uh, I mean, I'll talk more about hand cannons. Well, I was just asking Duke because I'm. I assume he has to go back to bed. <laughs> yeah, I got to get back into bed. But no, um, <laughs> but no, I don't have any more to bring up. I think, um, I mean, if anything, um, I would say that this was a good opening show. Um, yeah, did a good job hosting it. Um, Geo, really appreciate you putting this together, and um, it was cool. And I look forward to being around for as many more as we do. Yeah, and I. Honestly, I really want to get you back on and actually have a chance to talk to you some more. Uh, we already did kind of our closing statement 10 minutes ago, but <laughs> I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll say it again. I'd like to have you back on the show and actually have a chance to talk to you. Linear kind of monopolized all of us. so. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll go ahead and we'll get that figured out. This is episode zero. We are still figuring shit out as we go. And mm-hmm. next time, I'd like to talk to you and maybe get some more opinions of yours. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll definitely well, give thanks. them. Yeah, thanks for coming back, dude. No problem. All right. See you, man. See you. <laughs> so, Alphonse, you were about to say something. Yes. Uh, I discovered this on uh, my trail of tears to Thorn. As much as I tried to use Ikelos, I will say a, a surprisingly well-handling uh, hand cannon, despite its perk not being as effective in PvP, was the Malfeasance. Okay, yeah, but you're assuming that people have Malfeasance. And you're saying this to a person who does not have Malfeasance. So I recommend you get it. <laughs> I'm not going to go ahead and trust anything you say regarding Malfeasance what? and its use in PvP because I hate you. Oh, why you gotta be like that? But go ahead and go over Malfeasance for everybody else. So, in PvP with it, you won't always get the, that nice multi-hit, you know, it, its ability to proc with all the thorn damage and stuff like that that it does. Like, that's not always guaranteed. But, uh, what it does have going for it is a uh, high capacity, comes with 15 rounds, which ain't and too shabby for a hand cannon. That's uh, but I will say, great. Yeah. Uh, but I think probably the most remarkable thing I know about using it is the low amount of recoil I had while dealing with it. I, I don't have anything specked out for hand cannons, but for some reason it feels like Malfeasance has an unreasonably low amount of recoil. So uh, for the th- people who don't have it, like yours truly, uh, what's the archetype? for it is it a 110 140 150 uh, i think it's a 150 if i recall okay so it's it would be on the high end of rpm before they started dropping the 180s yes okay it's a 180 oh, oh is it's it 180? a 180 yep it okay so it is though 
Well, I mean, the 180s, which they didn't exist until Curse of Osiris. Right. Uh, and you can tell this with their recoil animation because unlike every other hand cannon that, you know, the muzzle comes way up, the whole gun kind of comes back and the muzzle stays pointed forward. And this was something that we'd never experienced until Curse of Osiris with West of Sunfall. So, I mean, I don't know where I was going with this because I had a lot of alcohol. I was saying something about new recoil. Uh, the 180s always feel like they have a lot less recoil than their stability says they will because even a maxed out stability 110 just like you fire one shot and the second shot is anti-aircraft fire at that point whereas any 180 no matter their stability rating it just recoils straight back. Yeah. And, and that's what really surprised and me the about the impact him. is high on Melfi's in particular. Well that's true of like any exotic generally. Yeah. Zen yeah. Meteor had stupid uh, impact. Uh, Whisper has impact that absolutely no other sniper rifle in the game has. Well, plus that increased precision damage too doesn't help its case at all as well. Yeah, it has like 10 more impact than other 72 RPMs, and it has increased precision, and then its catalyst makes its precision damage even higher or something. It's... Whisper is not a good example. But go ahead, Alphonse. Well, I will say, like, for someone who... I use hand cannons about as much as I use scout rifles, which is almost never. Uh, I will which say... You don't know what you're missing. That's what I felt like when I started using the Malfeasance. Icolos handled pretty well, because uh, obviously everyone was using either Icolos or the other for Thorn. Which is the, uh, the black armory one, right? The Kindled uh, Orchid. Kindled Orchid, yeah. Which I do not have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, compa- like as much as I needed to use the Icolos one, I really wanted to use the Malfeasance more just because that was my first experience with a 180 hand cannon and actually sitting down and using it. I was completely floored. And I mean, I had sometimes where I was beating shotgun apes just with malfeasance, just because it's stability. I could pop headshot after headshot and maintain uh, just maintain that good damage on them. Uh, I think you might actually want to try trusts as well. Um, uh, I do I, have a trust that I've enjoyed as well. Uh, definitely do have to say that's a pretty good one as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I was never really much of a hand cannon person, really, up until I got my Duke, which... Which I've already explained before is just absolutely stupid for range, uh, which actually makes it really good for PVE. Not so great in PvP, but in PVE, like countering uh, sniping vandals, fucking great. But that's not this week's topic. Um, the trust, I actually use that in PVE quite a bit because it's those 180s just all around compared to a lot of other hand cannons. And in D1, as we've discussed, you know the last word. Uh, Thorn. They were dominant in D1. And D2 right now, hand cannons are the meta. 180s just feel really good. So if there's you know any, any listeners that don't use hand cannons, get a 180, go ahead and try it out. It doesn't feel like any other hand cannon archetype, really. It almost feels like a really slow sidearm to a degree. It, just because yeah, there's that of, little recoil. It's it it's the weird recoil animation that's more 
horizontal and like back towards your face rather than upwards that really changes the way it feels. It feels like a really short range scout rifle is what it kind of feels like. So I I definitely feel like weapons like the malfeasance, um, thorn. I've had some fun with it. It's, I feel like I need to practice a lot more before I can give an accurate statement on the thorn. Um, but definitely malfeasance, really solid hand cannon, even when you're not looking to proc its ability and you're just looking for just bullet damage. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Right. So is there any other quick topic you want to go over quick? Um, PVE tournament. I know you really wanted to get into the tournament stuff earlier. Uh, tournament's always fun. I'd recommend it to everybody. I know a lot of people like to stay off of it because like, oh, you know, I don't like playing PvP and stuff like that. This isn't like, oh, we're going to get together and we're going to sweat and stuff like that. This is like more akin to bringing your buddies over and doing some split screen on like Halo 3. From yeah, I was going to say our Tournament private matches are honestly more like, from what I've experienced, like Halo private matches. We're going to set up a private match. We're all going to get into party chat, and we're just going to beat the crap out of each other and talk shit while we're doing it. Exactly. It's it's all for fun. Uh, the sweat isn't real. The salt isn't real. Uh, we may talk some smack, but it's all in good fun. Like, Unless I, it's all reckon... then we're all going to teabag him. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. And friendly, just because bagger ban. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, Which, it, it's good fun. I'd recommend it to everyone. Like, it's a great time to have, even if even if you're not looking to, like to win a tournament, you just want to play to play. Um, you know, just to play with people, even if you don't care about scoring high on the leaderboard and stuff like that. It's still just it's good clan fun to have. And well, I mean, almost it, all the admins play, and none of us can win. So <laughs> I don't think I've that played against dumb. you yet, Soren. I don't think so either. Which kind of infuriates me, because now there's two <laughs> things. I've yet to beat you in PvP, <laughs> and I've yet to play with you sober. Oh, you, yeah, you'll be. This, this is not... But I enjoy it. <laughs> this does not bode well for my future in the clan. Ah, the, sure, it does. <laughs> Senior executive administrative universal overlord has never seen me sober <laughs> or kicking his ass. Actually, shit, that might be a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, so it, f- it's always worthwhile. Oh, like, I'd recommend it to everyone, like, just either watch a match. Because uh, usually either me or someone else is streaming it, or Soren always uploads them. Um, at least watch it, or at the or at the most, like the best case scenario, uh, come in and join. Like, control us, you know. Like, let's say you know me or Friendly are trying to go for that number one spot, and we're on a good streak. Come and kill us and break our streak. <laughs> like, <laughs> give us. Uh, if you're on PC, go after Zeus. Yeah, like, like, there's nothing wrong with that. No. no challenge. I mean, me and Friendly did it. You know, last tournament, last couple of rounds, we're trying to really close that gap against uh, Elite. And it's like, okay, Friendly, if you see me, don't shoot me because we're going to go after Elite together. 
<laughs> it's phrasing yeah, it doesn't that. work. No, I was going to say you work. try and set that up, but good luck with it. <laughs> we tried a couple of times. After, it worked like one or two times. We're like, oh, I see you, but I'll leave you alone. And then it's like, next turn, okay, yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. I want to I score above you as well, so got to do this. <laughs> And it should be noted, Soren, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do not have to be a clan member to participate in the tournament, correct? You do not. All you have to do is be a member of the Discord. Yep, so you can just go ahead and join our Discord. I will, when we create these, this episode and show notes, I will add a link to the Discord. And all you have to do is you just register. We have instructions on the Discord server of how to register for the tournament. You just need an email and Discord name, correct? That's it. That's all it takes to register. You'll get a Discord role anytime anybody wants to set up a tournament because we have um, we have our set private matches for the tournament, but anybody who's registered for the tournament can also set up um, private matches that contribute towards the tournament. You don't even have to join the clan. Join the Discord, say hi, register. It takes all of 10 seconds. And get in here, shoot people in the face, and talk shit while doing it and teabag each other or you get banned <laughs> according to elite yeah <laughs> well, friendly friendly oh friendly yeah my bad I, <laughs> I played with you friendly elite and dupe during iron banner and honestly i didn't even know who the fuck was talking because it was just you guys would get on a roll for 10 fucking minutes bagging on everybody <laughs> Not just in-game, but, like, in-chat. <laughs> well, that's what you gotta do. You know, everyone wants to just run in your face and use shotguns. You gotta teach them, hey, those days are over. Well, I, I think it was Elite who got... He got shotgunned once and then bygoned by the same guy, like, 30 seconds after spawning, and he just went, okay, guys, bagger band, this guy, fuck this guy. This guy <laughs> is gonna get bagged every time we kill him for the rest of the game. It's like, we're... We haven't even hit double-digit points in, you know, control <laughs> yet. Really? But sounds like friendly. I'm pretty sure I would do as well. Yeah, that sounds like something you would say. That sounds yeah, you were the like leagues. <laughs> but um, and while we say bag or ban, we're not actually gonna ban you unless you teabag. But we are gonna bag you. <laughs> This has to be the this is the weirdest clan I've ever joined. <laughs> in terms of the absolute nicest assholes I've ever met. That sounds about right. I blame that culture. Oh, blame it on everybody because it, now it's spreading. Yeah. It's everyone's uh, fault. We're done. All right. Everyone's at fault. I appreciate uh, you uh, putting this together. Yeah, and like I said, like I said earlier, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to get this done. Uh, I know I've been kind of annoying with all the reminders for this particular episode. Like every five minutes, hey guys, ninety minutes until recording. Read the fucking show show notes. <laughs> but sometimes we need that though, because I mean, even look at how much we sometimes forget. Just trying to do like, oh, we're gonna do a clan run of this raid or this event, and then like. We all forget, like, oh, crap, we got to get on then. I don't know, because all the fucking events happen at 7.30 EST when I'm still at work. Oh, yeah. So I have no experience in that regard. Yeah, we need to make more 
little later. It just tends to be track that sets him up. And he tries to start like the minute he gets home from work. Yeah, which <laughs> I mean, I I'm not gonna blame him. That's how I did it when I was a Sherpa, but Yeah. Come on, dude. I don't get home from work until like three hours after you do. <laughs> how do you think I feel? But, uh, three hours behind them. Yeah, you're well, I mean, it our time zones are absolutely fucking synced because I get I get off work at five PM your time. So we get off work at the same time. What? Presumably nine to five. I don't know if you work nine to five, but I work ten to seven. Oh, okay. Hmm. But, I don't uh, know if are synced up so well. Yeah, I actually had a friend who uh he's a streamer over on Pacific Coast. But if I go down the rabbit hole, we're gonna this podcast is gonna end up fucking long as hell. Which it already is. <laughs> so um yeah, thanks, Soren, for giving me the opportunity to do this. I've always wanted to make a podcast, and honestly, hanging out with you guys is fucking great. Oh, I, yeah. I think <laughs> these episodes, these podcasts are going to end up being you know, something awesome, something we can really look forward to as a clan. Hopefully. Oh, definitely. And Reagan, I'm sure as far as editing, we could either do a raw and stuff like that. You could always, like, let's say you do an actual outro and then put a quick cut in it and then just put like an extras like this is what happens after we cut film and this is just us rambling about nonsense more than we already do that's a good idea do a short a short version basically with all the details and important stuff and a little bit of chat and then cut it and then and here's the rest of what we recorded honestly all of this stuff is staying in for this episode zero okay for right now yeah um Maybe we'll do just weekly recaps, just you and I, Soren, for important stuff. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. But I'm just going to leave all this stuff in. I'll edit some of the earlier stuff, though. But um, I want to podcast uh, as soon as Reset happens. I want to podcast from you, too, so I can just listen to all the updates for the week. That's what I want. <laughs> It'll, it, I think our schedule is going to be we'll do recordings on Saturday nights. So it'll be more of a recap of this week from Reset and maybe a sneak peek at next week's Reset type of yeah. stuff. Maybe go over show notes because with uh, with TWABs coming out on Thursdays, it'll also give us a chance to go over TWABs. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and call it here. Thanks mm-hmm. for listening, guys. If you're a clan member, please look forward to seeing more of these episodes. If you're not a clan member, think about becoming a clan member or at the very least joining us in our discord we don't care if you're a clan member or not anybody is welcome as long as you're not a complete dick you know hang out talk destiny talk shop talk lore talk loot talk weapons pvp pve raids who gives a shit we're cool people we just want to play and be sure to um, pick the drifter yeah pick drifter yeah. You don't even have to say pick drifter. It was like 80-20 split. People love the drifter. Drifter's a good guy, man. Do you, know how much I hurt my heart? Do you know how much I hurt my heart doing the other Vanguard side as my warlock right now? It makes me sad. You know, I've Six. yet to actually complete the first week's drifter. I still have to do the strike from the week one drifter thing. <laughs> Yeah, do his storyline. His storyline is really cool. Well, I'll try. Once again, never, weird never. fucking hours. I don't have a chance to play with anybody. 
all of it can be done solo. Like you can do the drifter sideline almost entirely solo, pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a strike can be done solo. Yeah, it's not a hard strike. It's yeah, not like, at all. A, like what's your light? Probably what six fifties ish. Six. I think I just hit six eighty. Yeah, you have more than enough power because like that strike starts at like three hundred. Oh shit! Okay. Didn't even try it. I thought it was going to be like the thorn strike. No, n- none of the drifter stuff on either side is super hard. Oh, well, like it's made so everyone can do it and everyone can pick their side and see the results and stuff like that. All right. Well, I'll fucking do that right now. But <laughs> for right now, let's call it an episode. For God's sake, this is fourth yeah. time I'm trying to do an outro. I th- I th- well, you guys, please you shut up. <laughs> No. Uh, thanks for joining us. And next week isn't going to be nearly as disastrous. I'll actually fucking hold the leash on people next week. <laughs> we need to get a shock collar for some of these hosts, I swear. Thanks for joining us and uh, look forward to the next episode. And thanks for joining me, guys.